was Edward on January 6th. Hi, G. Hi, Shannon. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Three Books, One Plot, the only podcast on the web where one of us writes Life and Death, one of us writes Midnight Sun, and some Creed-loving Florida man photographer whose job is beach and whose number will be in the show notes for all you single moms out there, reads New Moon. (laughs) Now that is the intro for my bestie. James, James, that I yay. think in a previous episode I gave a little shout out to when I quoted Creed. So let's go. The legend is here. This week I am your feminist of the week, meaning that I have created some nonsense for our euphoria and something chapters. Um, G is Edward's therapist this week, and I'm so curious to see what she's done with that. Aren't we all? And of course our Twihard of the Week, who has read chapters five and, and chapter six. six. Extra challenging. Of New Moon is James. So we have two chapters today, everybody. Chapter five, which is Cheater. Chapter six, which is Friends. Just for you. So Extra bonus. Yep. Bogo. I know James through the Emo Night online community that became real life community. And James... I don't know where to begin to describe James. James is one of my best friends in the whole wide world. And boy, has James James seen me through some silly nonsense before. And most recently, we made him a playlist. Oh my God, we did make him a playlist. For his cross-country drive. How many hours did we add to that? Uh, Last I checked, I think he was at like 15. 15 hours? (laughs) Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. I opened it up. What was the last thing that I opened it up and it played? It was like... I think it was like the national anthem <laughs> followed, followed by like just some nonsense. It, you really, G, you, you created a, a good variety. It was a team effort. I was just the secretary in that situation, adding everyone's suggestions on there. She was sitting there in the go. corner like this on the phone, and one of us yeah. would shout out a new song. She'd be like, oh, that's good, and then she'd add it. It was so good. So I hope that the many, many, many hours of driving – you felt so close to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing like driving past the Colorado River and listening to, like, tap. <laughs> <laughs> that was right. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, like everybody else that I always have on this show, it, James is from Emo Night. And James is actually the first person that I met through the Emo Night community in L.A. after lockdown started. Because James mm-hmm. is a photographer, very talented, um, James, I'm going to have, sh- don't you shake your head, you bitch. I'm going to have him promote all of his stuff at the end of the episode when we list all of our socials. But I have something to say before I say anything else about James, before I give any more questions that I want him to answer. And that is, I'm going to call all of your listeners out right now because, you know, we've gotten to know each other, you guys. So I've noticed a pattern in our episodes where every time there is a masculine voice that comes on the microphone, oh. you bitches skip it. Yes, it's true statistically. They skip it. And, each, and, wow. and even our, our non-binary person with a masculine voice, y'all skipped it. Mm-hmm. And that's such a good one. You, it's unmissable. Oh. Go freaking watch episode eight and eight and a half. It makes me so mad. So I'm just telling you point blank right now. If you heard, oh, James, oh, a man's going to talk about Twilight and you skip it. I feel sorry for you because this is well, going like, to be a fucking blast. It's today. also kind of insulting to us because, like, trust us, we wouldn't pick a, a guy who was just going to shit on Twilight and be mean spirited about it. You know, 
Trust us to have some taste. Well, <laughs> shut up. <James. laughs> no. This is, and like, I, like, if you want to skip it, sure, but you're going to miss out on some of the funniest fucking jokes ever, because you have never heard these two bitches tag team me before. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You've never heard these two bully me. I just choked on sushi. Yeah. (laughs) Also, I have, I have experience in the fandom world. Oh, and I can't wait to get to your fandom history, because these bitches are going to be desperate yeah. to learn more about well, you than to it. I want to hear James's fandom history. But before we do, we do need to let people know that we have our first studio audience member in right now. Oh, yes. Um, currently, <laughs> I have Beth visiting me, who you may remember from such hit episodes as Catgirl and Pigboy. <laughs> One of my personal favorites. Um, so she is our being our live studio audience today, and we might actually call her in as a consultant later if we have some mm. questions that she is uniquely... Um, qualified to answer so stay tuned yeah so this is officially like the biggest episode that we've kind of done yet we've never had four people actually besides our nonsensical finale avengers infinity war podcast (laughs) episodes exactly uh so james they all know how i met you you've even hung out with me and g together on a couple of occasions when g's come to la so we all know each other but let's get the people out there knowing you here so I have a couple questions for you, but the first biblically shut up. But the first question that I have for you is one that I'm going to um, alter a little bit because I know we usually ask people what is your fandom history, but you as a person don't really interact with fandom as a member of fandom. You're into sports and stuff, so good for you on that. I'm a jock. You are a jock. <laughs> you you are the actual jock here. I like to joke that I'm a jock, but I don't. I don't watch sport, but you are somebody who has worked on a lot of really fun things. True. Um, you've worked on, and I'll, I'll list a couple things here and I'll let you explain. You have worked on some audiobooks. Um, you've also worked on some TV shows. So do you want to talk a little bit about the fun things that you used to do in the, um, the industry for, for the people in the industry for the people now? Um, yeah, I skip right to it. I started off out here working in audio and I got to work on, um, film score and, and music for TV and film for a while. And my first project, as you may know, uh, the biggest fandom of all the minions movie. That's right. I forgot Uh, you did that. Yeah, that was wild. (laughs) Um, but uh, I was lucky enough to to team up with a composer. His name's Dino Minigan. Yeah, super awesome dude. Check out his stuff. Um, and we worked on Teen Wolf. And Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf. Oh, not the Vampire Diaries. My dumb. I hear there's a fandom for Teen Wolf. <laughs> Teen Wolf. I wonder, I wonder who it's about. I wonder what Name, millions and millions they, of fan fictions have been written about. Name five Teen Wolf songs, Shannon. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I don't think I can even name five Teen Wolf characters. James, I want you to talk about what you did on Teen Wolf, Teen Wolf because I find this so fucking funny. So, so <laughs> I was, um, I was the music, not the music editor because industry. I was the music engineer, and uh, I basically worked with Dino. Dino would write all the music. I would. Um, it was my job to go through each episode. I would sit with Jeff Davis and dino and watch the episode with them and be like all right 
here's where we need music, here's where we don't, this is kind of the vibe, blah, blah, blah. And then it was my job to sit and time everything out. And part of my job <laughs> was to name each piece of music. <laughs> so so I got to come up with the titles for each song. You know, and Dio would, would chime in too. And we kind of, between the both of us, would would come up with what we thought the like funniest songs were or cue titles were. Um, and so give us some examples. What did you name them? <laughs> well, so some of my favorites, there's a, um, there's a scene where Scott and Theo, the bad guy of the season end up fighting in like a, a library. I think it was. And Theo, you know, werewolves can't cross a line of mountain ash, oh, you know, sure. canonically. So Theo lines the entire library with mountain ash. So Scott can't leave and he's trapped there. So obviously I called it Scott gets trapped in Theo's ash hole. <laughs> <laughs> and then there were other ones where like Kate and Peter would be, would be underground um, I think Dino named this one, but it's like Kate sees a Peter in a sewer. Um, there was, um, God, there were a couple of good ones. Um, what about, what is the one that you were like, it was really sad and I didn't realize it. Oh yeah. So, so anyways, when we get later into the seasons, we start to crunch and the, the quality of the names starts to go down a little bit because we're like, all right, we got to get started. So there's like a, a scene in like the final episode that's like really sad. This guy is, you know, I don't remember if he's like kind of a villain that start you're starting to feel bad for him or whatever, but it was he dies. And I was rushing, so I was just like, all right, whatever, dude dies. <laughs> now, they picked that song for the official soundtrack, and now there's just a cue on the soundtrack on Spotify that's called Dude Dies. <laughs> I was like, can we rename it? And they're like, oh, I can't. So I was like, all right, cool. Oh uh, there's that one. There's one where, like, if you've ever seen Entrapment, I think it's called, with Catherine Zeta-Jones, where she's, like, dipping through all these lasers. There's, like, an homage to it, so I called it Catherine Beta-Jones. <laughs> so, yeah. We had some. We had a list of, like, really good ones. But That's otherwise, so that, that whole crew was so fun that was one of my favorite projects i've ever worked on because everyone was so like willing to not take it too seriously hmm, and because that's a cw show right mtv uh mtv yeah i thought it was vampire diaries until five minutes ago <laughs> whatever Man. yeah this is my my best friend Danny. <laughs> um I'm yeah, but it, it was cool. It was a, it was a fun time. That's so fun. You see, and like even though you haven't even participated in fandom, you've done more for Teen Wolf stands. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you probably have some enemies in the fandom after Dude dies. Oh, probably. After yeah. Dude dies. We we would sit and watch the tweets and stuff. And my favorite part was there was another guy named Jeff Davis on Twitter that wasn't the creator or the president that of would the just Confederacy. Get, no, he was just some dude, and he gets tweeted saying, like, hey, I'm going to push you in front of a car. <laughs> and he's like, hey, cool, not me. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, man. Well, not only did you work on the Minions and cool stuff like Teen Wolf, but you worked in audiobooks for a bit. And sure when I got into the locked tomb, how long was it after I had been? I had been unwell for several weeks, I think, about the locked tomb. Well, and you're very vocal when you're going through a, a new fandom phase about... Yeah, I never noticed. <laughs> thing that you're doing so she was telling us all i'm listening to the lock tomb again i'm listening to the lock tomb audiobook again 
um, and I, whichever book she was on. I think I was on a call. Gee, I think you were on the call when I was in a hotel room with James and our friend Anna Marie, who you'll all also meet later on this season. When we made the connection live that James was like, what is this book called again? Because I'm pretty sure I worked on this. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then James pulls up all his emails from when he worked on Gideon the Ninth's <laughs> audiobook. Crazy. So James, can you give us even like talk for even like a minute about that? Yeah, I, I was an audiobook director for about four years. And uh, after the music for TV thing, it was a little steadier. And um, yeah, so I worked at a place where essentially I would get sent a schedule and they'd say, you're working on this book with this person. And one of the people I got to work with quite a bit was Moira Quirk. And Moira is super, super talented. You you know, at this point, you probably know her for a ton of different books and things. I knew her from Nickelodeon Guts back in the day. <laughs> That's right. And, and she was like a childhood hero. I worked with her for like three or four books. I didn't even put it together until someone was like, do you know who that is? But... She, uh, yeah, she, I've done, I've done a handful of books with her and, and, uh, it was cool. It was a really cool experience. I got to read, I don't remember any of the books I read because I like, you know, when you're doing that, you're, you're so laser focused on like word accuracy that you don't retain any of it. Understandable. So it's like, I'll, it, you know, I'll, I'll reread a book that I recorded. I was like, I don't remember this at all, but they would give us these word lists for pronunciations and and so we had to sit and go back and forth between these excel sheets and when it was books like that where it was all like made up words it's it's so stressful because <laughs> <laughs> you know people are gonna sit here and be like uh no 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 that's not how i said so how do i say fanergy and phallergy so um and shannon shannon gives me fanergy and phallergy. listen <laughs> james you did a great job Say, Thank those you. names are really fucking hard, Bestie. <laughs> Thank you. Can I shout out some some audience narrators? Okay. Um, Quirk, awesome supporter. Uh, McLeod Andrews, really good. And then Keith Sarabica, you've heard him in a million things, but he's like super, super talented. Those three, like you can't go wrong. Aww, I love that. Yeah. We love love here on Three Bucks Month Plot. Yeah. There were a lot of very frustrating days in that studio. And those three, if when they showed up, you were like, all right, we're here. To, we're ready to roll. I love that. So what I'm hearing Aww. from all of this is that having worked on Teen Wolf, you're uniquely situated to commentate on these Teen Wolves that we're about to read about in Twilight. <gasps> these Teen Wolves! Sure, sure am. Yeah. <laughs> so what is your your history with Twilight? Have you, did you ever, had you ever read it before this? Um... These are the first two chapters I've read. Oh, I um, I came into this with an open mind. In fact, I told Shannon I was interested in doing this because I I watched Twilight with Shannon for the first time. Mm. Yeah, so so I've never read it. Um, I've read these two chapters. So you're gonna come at this from a very unique perspective, I think. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, I might. <laughs> need some some clarification on certain things. <laughs> Don't worry, we're here for you, buddy. We sure are. But I I think overall I've got a grasp of what's going on. Yeah. <clears throat> and if you don't, you can have... always listen to the previous four episodes of this podcast, season two. True. There you go. <laughs> I also have something I'm going to send Shannon just as uh uh something I drew as I was reading this. God damn it. Um. Okay. It's, you don't have to show it right now. I'll tell you when to show it. Should I even look at it myself yet? No, don't look at it okay. yet. Until, until... 
Okay, fine. Oh, well. Well, now my curiosity yeah. has peaked. I can't wait for this. Yeah. You'll have to let us know when it's the appropriate time. Yeah, there will be audiovisual cues throughout. The- <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Well, I mean, James, what has been your honest impression of Twilight as a whole, even from net from way back in the day when it started coming out yeah. till now? Like, honest impression. You don't need to try to lighten the load or the blows or anything. Like, what has been your impressions? So, Twilight, in my opinion, and and please don't murder me because I mean this in a nice way. <laughs> Um, has always kind of existed in the same kind of space that like the nightmare before Christmas existed <laughs> where it's like I know that people like it and people are really into it and the people that are into it are like really into it but like I I had never seen it myself so I never really understood the the, the, hype. the allure to it yeah and then now that I've seen it I get it you know what I mean it's like like the same way that the only thing I knew about the Nightmare Before Christmas was whatever they show at Hot Topic. It's like <laughs> the only thing I knew about Twilight were like T-shirts. the memes and stuff like that too, and like you know the the where the hell have you been, Locas? That kind of stuff. God. And it's like, and I know obviously that's not a reflection of the. Whole and then thing. you've got that chapter. This is you did get chapter. that chapter. <laughs> okay, because I have a note that said that there was no Loka. Not in the books. There, there isn't. What? You have Melissa Rosenberg to thank for that. False, probably. Advertising. <laughs> <laughs> You're so heartbroken. Oh, he was waiting for Jacob to say the line. That's so cute. <laughs> I know. I was waiting for that like Leonardo DiCaprio pointing, moment. <laughs> but I mean, I knew that like there were like iconic music moments. I knew like. The kickball thing. I knew. Kickball. I'm very, very much. Kickball is no, how no, they do the Twilight kickball. baseball season. What we do in the show. Not kickball, baseball. <laughs> baseball. I picture outdoor baseball things and I just immediately go to kickball. Vampire kickball. Dibs on vampire kickball <laughs> is like a band name. That would be sick. That actually would be pretty good. <clears throat> okay. Well, I mean, James, I'm really excited not only to hear your reactions because I know you as a person. And your sense of humor is perfect, especially for these two chapters. I didn't realize until I was taking notes and I was like, oh, there's just a lot of like, there's a lot of boys. There's a lot of boys in these two chapters yeah, here. They're, they're doobie boys. They're doobie boys. So I'm really excited to hear some of your commentary on a few different scenes. But I mean, before we dig into the actual chapters, we have some tasks to do first. Uh, we do. All right. G, can you give us a little bit of a timeline check and tell us when, when we are? Well, this is an interesting case because, as I warned you last episode, we're still in fucky conflicting timeline land. Oh, that's so there's right. actually a line in this chapter where Angela says, it's January 19th. But January 19th, 2006 was not a is Monday. So that date does not work, Stephanie, at Stephanie. Uh, so after weighing the evidence, I've decided that the most sensible timeline for these chapters is that it probably takes place from Saturday, January 14th, through Monday, January 16th, 2006. So it picks up the day after we left off. It's pretty pretty normal okay. for Stephanie. All right, well, that works out well. So, I mean, let's shuttle ourselves back to January 2016. 16, 2006. Listen, oh. time just be passing. The years start coming and they do not stop coming. Oh, that's Rest in peace sad. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, James, you have read... Both Chapter 5, Cheater of New Moon, and Chapter 6, Friends of New Moon. And I think you have a summary for us, or maybe some summaries. Now, usually on the episodes, what we do is we'll do 30 seconds per chapter summary. Or you can do a summary of both chapters all at once, 
over the course of a minute. What do you want to give us today? I'm going to give you both over the minute because I knew I wouldn't remember the key details. So I wrote it down as I was writing or as I was reading. So I have a prepared statement. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, whenever you're ready, I'm going to put a minute on the clock here and you start talking whenever you're ready, King. Okay. Uh, So these people are at a camping store for some reason. And then... (laughs) And then there's a big orange beard dude. Uh, you can show the the picture that I sent you now. Um, it, the big orange <laughs> beard dude lo- loves talking about bears for some reason. And then reason. Bella has a nightmare that she's going on a walk. Um, <laughs> and then she's now sitting in a car in pain for a bit. And then she drove to the Cheney's house. I'm assuming it's Dick Cheney. Um, <laughs> She just then she just swindles this child out of two bikes from a family. They were trying to sell it and pay their bills, but the kid just gave it to them. Um, oh. Let me see here. And then I have in parentheses: Am I reading the right book? There's no vampires yet. <laughs> and then out of parentheses: Okay, now she's hanging with Jacob. He did not call her loca. Um, <laughs> she is she is exploiting Jacob for free labor on the bike. Also, apparently he's 16 and age doesn't matter to her. Parentheses FBI. Uh, she is using money for, from college fund because let's be real. She's not going to Harvard. Uh, that's the end of chapter five. Vampire count zero. Um, okay. These two Harry Potter sounding ass characters just showed up. I don't remember their name. It was like Quill and something. Um, Okay, she left and is having dinner with Charlie. She is now doing mental gymnastics with Jacob to justify their age difference. FBI again. Uh, they they are all having spaghetti dinner. She gets an email, gets an email from Renee saying they are going to Disney World. Yuck, disgusting. Um, sees Sam in cool hiking dream now. Uh, this town is really called Forks? Question uh, mark. Goddamn, she's roasting Lauren's haircut. Oh, never mind. Lauren sucks. They sit and talk about what they did over the weekend. And then that's the end of chapter six. James, no one has ever wow. gone so far over their limit before. It took you one minute and 50 seconds to give us two chapters. any of that. But you know what? Oh. I'm glad it was under these circumstances because, like, that's correct. Yeah. That's what happened. It <laughs> sure happened. My goodness. Okay. Yes, Lauren does suck. We're supposed to hate her. Isn't that... Don't you immediately we'll get feel to bad? We'll, we'll get to Lauren, yeah. but yeah. But before we can get to Lauren, we have to get to Bo Swan um, and Euphoria and something. So, Shannon, are you prepared with a thirty-second or two-minute summary for Euphoria? And <laughs> I've got, or it's actually a sixty-second summary. For I've got. <laughs> it's not going to be as long as James was. I'm going to do both chapters in under a minute. Um, okay. I'm ready to do. What I assume would also be titled Cheater and titled Friends in Bo okay. Swan's world. All right, you tell me when you're ready for me. I'm ready. Bo Swan is really floating through these days around here, but that's okay. At least every girl he's ever spoken with is here to help him through his confusing little agonies. First, we have Michaela being the only one of them who knows anything about hiking and can be, despite the fact that it's also Bo's job to know now, too. Then he tries to buy some motorcycles off of some tween, but he's desperate for another hit of that sweet, sweet Edith hallucination juice. I guess listening to Catgirl ASMR videos on YouTube just has never occurred to him, but he can't take them to Jane Dowling's auto shop. That old fucking crone will just rip him off. Till a push he goes. Oh, hi there, Julie. Ha ha ha. 
Potaps and Julie Black to help him rebuild these motorcycles and doesn't understand why she's annoyed at his attempt at sugar babying her. And he doesn't feel some type of way about sitting with three girls that all know more about cars than he does. No way. Anyways, after being batted around by teenage girls all week, and he finally goes to school and attempts to participate in society with a singular valiant attempt at standing up for Alan when the poor guy is like, no, it was a bear. I'm serious. Cries on fall, cr- cries fall on deaf and uncaring ears. Unfortunately, Bo's attempts at socializing gives everyone a at the table, a jump scare, and he rejoins the populace just as he's planning out his next block, blockbuster trip to rent out every season of Spike TV's 1,000 Ways to Die. Ooh, just barely. 57 I seconds. I knew I job. was nervous I wasn't going to make it. I'm understanding how I went over now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard, but I mean, hey. Yeah. We can't all be good at it. Yeah. <laughs> love, love you, buddy. All right, but enough about Bo and his fake journey. Um, I want to know about Edward. I want to know about Edward. Um, gee, as Edward's therapist, um, uh-huh. I have a couple questions before we get into these summaries. What do you think these chapters would be titled? Um, well, I have kept the title of Cheater for Chapter 5. Okay. Um, because I think it refers to the same thing. And it's already very weird in Twilight. It's like, in New Moon, it's like, why is this called Cheater? You have to really kind I of know. do the mental gymnastics that Bella is doing in order to get it. She's really um, But Chapter 6, I have titled Trust. I think it would be called Trust. Ooh. And I've kind of... I've kind of only done one summary. It might be 30 seconds because let's face it here. We're having to build from the ground up what the hell Edward is doing in these chapters. No fucking clue. So, I mean, give us whatever you've got when you're ready, my love. Okay, I'm ready. Welcome to two chapters in which the presence of a single Nokia flip phone causes Edward to descend into a wretched mental spiral and go through all five stages of grief. After a long rant about how much he hates Rosalie and wants to crush Alice's little grape head beneath his heel, it's time for quotes from Dickens and Shakespeare, a rumination on Cullen tax fraud and illegal banking practices, and six uncomfortably horny paragraphs about Carlisle Nesme. But don't worry, it's White Knight Edward to the rescue as he suddenly remembers he has $46 billion and can pay Bella reparations for all the shit he's put her through. <gasps> Not the reparations! I can't wait to get to those that that outtake, the money, the scholarship yeah. outtake. So but for those of you at home, I you can hear in that summary that I have decided to include the outtakes that Stephanie Meyer cut from New Moon. I've decided those are going to be canon in Dark Noon. That's we're going to put it back in. Good, oh, good yeah. choice. Executive decision. Not crushing Alice's little grape head beneath his heel. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to be authentic here, right? We're doing Edward's point of view. You're keeping him in character. You're doing a good job, but it, I'm still pissed off about it. Mm-hmm. Anyways, besides Euphoria and something, besides Dark Noon, let's back it up all the way to New Moon. Let's go to Chapter 5. Let's talk a little bit about what the fuck happens here. James, do you have anything that hopped out to you when you started reading? Or just questions for us? Or just questions. I got... I got I got some notes. Okay, but uh, let's see. What do you got? See here. Because you did draw a really pretty drawing of that guy at yeah. Newton's outfit. Yeah. Right. Beard. Well, let's let's set the scene for our our listeners. The first scene is yeah, Bella and Mike at Newton's Outfitters, overhearing yeah. a conversation yeah. between two customers who are both serious backpackers. Um, Man, and mm-hmm. they're arguing over whether what one of them saw was a bear or not. Whether he really saw a giant, giant black bear. I wonder what that could be. What could yeah. it be? Hmm. Um, So James has done a very beautiful (laughs) illustration of one of the men as described in the text. Um, Do you want to share with the class what you drew, James? We'll put it in the show notes. Describe this. (laughs) That's what I think he would look like. (laughs) No, but why did she describe the most like the brawny man when she was trying to describe this hiker? She was like, yeah, he had this red beard and he had a, he was big and burly. He's about Mm -hmm. to tell me that like, the joys of double quilted like 
paper towels or stuff. I don't understand. <laughs> well, and not only I think he that man, cool as hell. <laughs> he's a lumberjack. The way she describes the other hiker is very interesting to me because it's one of those cases where there's a minor character who we're never going to learn the name of. So she needs a signifier, a visual signifier. <gasps> oh my God, and she chooses to name this character Leatherface. Leatherface? Wait, how did I miss this? Leatherface. For anyone not aware, it's the episode. villain of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Crossover episode. So he's just a crazy guy with a chainsaw. Has I guess. Stephanie never? I mean, I've never watched it, but I guess she's also never watched. Texas Clearly, Chainsaw. I mean, nobody tell her. All right, let's all make a pact. Nobody right now. tell her. Nobody tell Stephanie Meyer about Leatherface. Let her think she invented it for this. Let her think that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is about this one minor throwaway character she invented in New Moon Chapter Five. Yeah, good for you, Steph. <laughs> what on? Earth. The bearded <laughs> guy's like talking to him, and he's like, "Can you please turn that off?" Chainsaw rubbing his face, tan and wind whipped into an impressive leathery crust. This Bella cannot be nice to people. <laughs> Crusty leather. She face. doesn't know how. There, yeah, there's one thing I've no, I've learned. If you want to give someone a compliment, say that their skin is crusty. <laughs> and the thing is she already used a very similar descriptor for billy black when she said he had a face like a quote-unquote leather jacket last she did at least he got leather jacket face so we weren't going to mistake him for a murderer but i who could have predicted that the twilight saga would contain the sentence leather face laughed and rolled his eyes Incredible image. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Stephanie. But Mike is here. We love Mike. We Mike is king. Mike. Mike says go home Mike. early. And she says, what? Like, how dare you? Go home early, yeah. bitch. He's being your good friend. And he knows more about bears than you anyway. True. And how do you feel about all the bear talk? I think I know more about bears than you do, genius. I yeah. was very excited by the bear talk, personally. I don't know about you, James. Yeah. Um, personally, I, I wasn't expecting um, a crossover episode. I knew that there were werewolves yes i know that there were bear wolves not to not to spoil this for anyone but oh no the bears they're talking about are the werewolves um, okay i put that together just some really clever hikers who can't tell a bear from a wolf apparently yeah i'm yeah. so confused by that also it's so crushing for me personally as a bear appreciator that there are no actual bears in this book that's right love me a bear we found bear scat in my yard the other like a week ago who put it there call it <laughs> question. Good uh, question. also by the way yeah. i just want to put out a proclaimer that mm-hmm. I'm not a smart man. Oh, shut so up. If I, Disclaimer? If I say something <laughs> that makes no sense. Well, you know what, James? You're here for the vibes. And you know what the vibes are about these two? I do vibe. These two chapters, besides Bella being insufferable, is we're going to get into all the teen boy stuff. But my favorite teen boy Let's is go. right here. Mike. My little Mike. That sounded weird the way I said that. My nice. favorite teen boy is here. <laughs> yeah, you uh, really put an so emphasis on little, too. Justice for Mike. Justice for Mike. Um, no. So, okay. So, we have the hikers arguing about whether or not a black bear could possibly get that big. The answer yeah. is it can't. Uh, so I'm probably with Leatherface in this discussion. I'm Team Leatherface. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt in a Twilight font. Um, exactly. <laughs> anyway, so after Bella is sent home early by the lovely, gracious Mike, who is going to go deal with those customers all by himself. God yeah, love king. Him. So um, he can close up early. She doesn't want to go home early because she's trying oh to kill gosh. time. 
And gee, I, I know in a previous episode, you said something about, you were commenting on the quality of the writing and how it does feel kind of distant, like emotionally, like Bella doesn't mm-hmm. really give herself the active. And I, I was really trying to pay attention to that this episode. And I realized oh. that it's funny because it is very distant emotionally because she says Charlie's empty house. She doesn't say she's going home. And she'll mm-hmm. say things like, instead of, oh, I don't want to go home and go to bed because of nightmares. She was like, I had no desire to revisit the scene of the suffering. Like, random no weird suffering. Not shit my suffering. like that. No not my suffering. suffering. Not my house. Charlie's house. It's very suffering. depersonalized. It's, it's she, very She rarely fun. gives herself active verbs. She rarely makes herself an active participant in the story when she's suffering this kind of um, Edward depression. Edward-induced depression. She has PTSD. She's having nightmares every night. <laughs> Yeah, Charlie well, wants you to go to therapy, baby. Go to therapy. Here's the thing about her nightmare is that I I would like to be sympathetic because I know this is a real thing people deal with and people have horrifying nightmares and it's like a it's sometimes a medical thing, even you know, psychological thing. But boy, is this a lame nightmare. Not a thing happens. Yeah, she had a nightmare that she went on a hike. <laughs> that is a nightmare for her. She hates that's true. hiking. If you worked in a hiking store and hated hiking, I could that's I could maybe see yeah. you having this nightmare. But the fact that she wakes up screaming after a dream in which, for those of you who haven't read this passage, the dream is literally just she's walking around the woods. She's looking for something. She can't find it. She doesn't remember what she's looking for. She wakes up screaming. That's the dream. So, like, <laughs> it's just so hard to extend her my sympathy when, like, she's like, oh, the worst trauma of my life walking around the woods. <laughs> I had a nightmare last night mm. that I shot... Uh, like the biggest show of my life. He's a photographer. Remember, people. I'm a photographer. <laughs> sorry. And, and and halfway through, my memory card split in half <gasps> and started attacking me. Attacking? Now that's a real nightmare. There yeah. we go. Take note, Bella. But then she's over here walking through the Sequoia <laughs> National. <laughs> now, is this? Is she having like a panic attack in the car? What is she? What's happening here? Panic attack. It's so unclear. It's a something. Yeah, you know, it's like she's having pain in her chest from the grief that she's experiencing. Stomach ache. (laughs) Stomach ache. No, that's Bo. Bo has stomach aches. (laughs) Wouldn't it be funny if, like, all of New Moon Bella is like, my chest hurts so much with the absence of Edward, and then later it's like, girl, you have heartburn. You have, yeah. (laughs) Lactose intolerant. (laughs) (laughs) Let's diagnose Bo with both of those things right now. He has heartburn and he's lactose intolerant. We will. Okay. He that's that's all for him. <laughs> that's why. He's oh my god. Wait. No. I had. I had a great. I have a great thing to for you. And oh. I'm gonna read this quote. I'm gonna mm-hmm. read this quote. And you're gonna you're gonna tell me I did a good job. So I'm gonna sit here waiting. Oh, I, I think I okay. might know what it is. I'm excited. No, I want to be the only one to do it. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna just read it. Now this is this is when Bella's talking about she's having her breakdown or whatever the fuck's happening. She says, "As if he'd never existed." I thought in despair. What a stupid and impossible promise to make. He could steal my pictures and reclaim my gifts, but that didn't put things back the way they'd been before I'd met him. The physical evidence was the most insignificant part of the equation. I was changed. My insides altered almost past the point of recognition. <laughs> Title of your sex tape. Yes! Oh, I had that one too. High five. High five. Oh, I have another oh. one. Okay, wait, read it for us right now. Apparently at one point she goes, but what if this hole never got any better? <laughs> <laughs> I love your sex tape. This is such a great, this is a great episode for those. It is a really good episode for this. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. I also, 
I also have a note here that says that it took her three pages to get out of a car. <laughs> <laughs> does it take? It does take that long. I'm, I'm that sounds about right. Here. I wish I could say I was surprised, but that's kind of par for the course. Because she was, <laughs> she leaves work early. She's driving home. She doesn't know what's going on. She thinks about her holes and you know her insides, <laughs> yeah. her guts getting all fucked up. Rearranged. And, and yeah. she ends up in front of Dick Cheney's house or something. Dick Cheney's James house. has already told us, and she sees motorcycles in some yard that's has a the, the yard across the street it. the marx's yeah. house oh so now we've got these motorcycles and everybody who knows moon new moon is like oh great here's them bikes but mm-hmm. bella's like great this is a perfect way i can put myself in danger this is kind of where the chapter title comes in and yeah. it barely barely makes sense did anyone like put together how this ties in because she's cheating Yes. She cheated that family out of the money <laughs> that they were looking for. <laughs> yes! Well, I will say that tween was just like, no, take it. And she was like, yes. what? And the tween was like, yeah, <laughs> take the bikes. Okay, wait. So to back up a little and give context. Um, okay. Back in the breakup scene, Edward made Bella promise oh, that right. she was going to take care of herself and be safe because he's her sure. fucking dad. He can't just like be normal about shit. No. And he promised in return that it would be like he had never existed. So Which you can't promise, pages, you asshole. For three pages of getting out of the car, she comes to the conclusion, as Shannon just read aloud in that amazing sex day passage, um, that that's impossible. That it can never be like he's he never existed. And that he, he, he like lobotomizes her in her sleep before he leaves. <laughs> that's how he makes sure. Eternal sunshine style. The minute black crossover episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but so she she rationalizes that because he has broken his promise that she would um, forget him, then she can break her promise to be safe. And that is why she is cheating. That's the cheating that's occurring here. But it's such a reach. Like who in the world would read this and be like, cheating? <laughs> What? Even after I had read the chapter, I was like, oh, is that one instance of her saying that she's cheating? Is that what she was talking about? That's why it's called cheater. Apparently. Lame. Not even, <laughs> it's not dramatic enough. It was, how lame. But no, it makes me sad because you can break promises to Edward all you want, but she's going to break a promise to Charlie because he was like, never get on the back of a motorcycle. True. Yeah. The reason she associates motorcycles with danger is because Charlie sees a Poor lot of motorcycle accidents in his job. Charlie. And so he's made her promise to never go on a motorcycle. I like when she talks about um, how she is going to have so much. She decides, okay, well, I don't, I'm not going to stay safe. I want to do reckless things again, specifically so I can hallucinate Edward. That's what, that's the goal here. She's not just being reckless for the, just to be like, fuck you, dad. (laughs) You guys can see James's face. Yes. Uh, Last chapter, she hallucinated Edward when she was in a dangerous situation in, um, with Jessica and she put Jessica in a dangerous situation. Fuck you, Bella. Fuck you, Bella. I'm so mad at her. And so she hallucinated him and she was like, wow, I want more of that hallucination. It's like crack to her. She's trying to think of ways. She's like, I can't possibly be reckless in forks. It's just too safe here. And it's just, it's so funny because it's like, if she were anyone else, like, girl, just go have unprotected sex with strangers. You know? I like, literally was going to say, go have casual, unsafe sex. Go to one of the, like, ragers that I know one of your high school friends is throwing. Yes. Go ask Laura to teach you do how to do a keg stand. <laughs> do some Molly, girl. God. There's so many ways to be reckless that are way less elaborate than this. Go take some acid, Bella, and wander into the woods again. Yeah. Have more fun this time. This is a baby recommendation. Well, that's the other... I did have some questions about the amount of hiking that's happening and how 
the season is picking up in January, January you're hiking. I mean, like I know some people do it specifically my family, but I think they're crazy. I have more to talk about because I think Stephanie keeps forgetting, especially in these two chapters, where she's placed the story and what month it is in because there's yes, a couple other it's constantly things. raining and it's never snowing. And it's just in January. And the way some people are dressed and what some people are doing, I have questions for her, but we'll get to that, I guess. Well, then she talks about how it's like raining on her face and she has freshwater tears and you just know wherever Edward- Freshwater tears was a great sentence. You know wherever Edward is on the planet, he just like got so thirsty. Because he wants his tears. Got so thirsty. What do they cry? Salt water? If Edward likes to eat Bella's tears, at, um, James. I don't know if you knew this. <laughs> Incredible James' facial expression in response to this information. Live James' response. <laughs> I'm picturing the South Park episode where Cartman's eating <laughs> the Scott's tears. I don't know if you've yeah, seen that. Yeah, I have! Either, right? He's like, yeah. I have seen that yeah. one! Wait, no! I can't believe I've seen that. Oh, boy. Shit. I'm going to have to go watch it for the show notes, aren't I? Great. It's, it's, there's it's like beautiful. a clip. It's terrible. It's horrible. We'll um, South Park ripped off Twilight. But, um... Like, a part of me wants to encourage her to be like, fuck it, go off, break promises, be dumb and whatever. I agree. But she's doing it in such an annoying way. This is such a lame way. She's yeah. being so yeah. annoying about it. Well, yeah. And then when she, when she goes to get the motorcycles, she parks, quote unquote, in the middle of the lane. She's just parked in the middle of the oh, road. Oh, she's just an asshole. She is. <laughs> Only in a small town could you get Sorry, away with I'm this. getting mad again. She's, oh, and she's blocking the Cheney's driveway. She's blocking Ben's driveway. So cool. If she lived in Los Angeles, she would be a prank YouTuber. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there is definitely a reading of New Moon where it's just one long episode of Jackass. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. I'm sure she could get some of the high schoolers in on that one. Yeah, I feel like if you want to be reckless, like just tell Mike. Just be like, what, what can we use in the store that we work at to do fun, reckless stuff? Yeah. Anyway, she gets the bikes. She goes to Jake. Yeah, well, she remembers when the Mark's boy number two, her her classmate's brother, is like, oh, if you take these, they're, they're not worth the price that they would charge you to fix them at the one repair shop in town. And then Bella's like, huh, if only I knew someone who would repair bikes for cheap. If only I knew someone who worked on cars. Oh, oh. If only I knew someone with a hobby. <laughs> Which she does. So she goes to La Push to see Jacob. And she, I forgot baby. that in the 2005-2006 era, you kind of could just like, it wasn't quite yet unacceptable to just kind of show up for people because not everybody had really a cell phone at this time. Everybody yes. was getting cell phones. Yeah, like you adults, could kind of drop in. Older people. adults had cell phones and like it was slowly trickling down the ages. Um, but she, like you know, she doesn't totally just drop in on him out of the blue because first she has to call Charlie and ask how to get to Jacob's house, which is another, like so many times in fandom, I will see people act as if Bella and the Blacks were always close and she they always knew them and stuff. Together, she didn't know Charlie. Billy's name in book one. She was like, who? And then she didn't, she doesn't know where their house is. So like, I, I just, hmm. Yeah. It just kind of fake seems friend. worse. Yeah, she's such a fake friend. A month every summer as a child and then two weeks in California as a teenager is not going to afford her the knowledge of La Push and Force that everybody thinks. It's even less time that she spent with them. Exactly. So it's now. just. Up until now. Sorry, um. Jacob Bella people, but they don't know each other that well. They don't really know each other yeah, that yeah. well. I gotta love this the Get sentence em. when she's buying the motorcycles and she says, who would want to ride a motorcycle here? It would be like taking a 60 mile per hour bath. <laughs> Honestly? She's funny sometimes. You know Sounds kind of nice. Give it to her. <laughs> Sounds kind of nice. 
<laughs> I do feel a little bad for her when she dreads um, running into Billy because she knows he'll be so overjoyed that the Cullens are gone. I'm like, yeah, that would suck if you were Bella. Yeah, that would really fucking suck because you know they're still stoked about it. Mm-hmm. But then we get Jacob and notably he does not say. What's the line, James? Where the hell you been, Loka? <laughs> There's no Loka. No, no Loka. Yeah, a lot of people are yeah, kind of... broke my heart. Don't give Stephanie Meyer more credit than she deserves. That was not a Meyerism. That was a Rosenbergism. They actually improv that on set. <laughs> I would believe it <laughs> if they had, because it just kept, sounds so stupid. He kept running up and just saying random shit, and they were like, you know what? That's the take we use. He's like, what's so. up? <laughs> <laughs> I hope somewhere out there there is a blooper reel of Taylor Lautner saying 16 other potential lines for them to use in this scene. Well, honestly, it's not unrealistic, although maybe it it's is. It's not because out of the realm of possibility. Know, well, in Twilight, apparently they gave Robert Pattinson a list of things to say to Bella when he Bella was on her back, and he chose oh. Volantite Spider Monkey. <laughs> he chose, he chose that line! Oh, Which I'm is... gonna have to research this, aren't I? I guess I will. No, it's funny. But, um, anyways, Edward's, not Edward, Jacob's description made me laugh, and I want to read a little bit of what we've got here. Yes. Says, oh my God, Jacob's description. Just she says about this. at first, at some point, she's like something, something. His broad face. Yes, and broad then face. Instead of a leather face, face. Or a leather yeah. jacket face. You could broad face. land a plane on that thing. <laughs> and then he, she says, "Guys, built like Easter Island statue." <laughs> and then she says. He'd passed that point where the soft muscles of childhood hardened into the solid, lanky build of a teenager. The tendons mm-hmm. and veins had become prominent under the red-brown skin of his arms, his hands. His face was still sweet, like I remembered it, though it had hardened, too. The planes <laughs> of his cheekbones sharper, his jaw squared off, all childish roundness gone. I need less okay. hard muscles and child <laughs> in this same sentence. <laughs> oh, yeah. But oh, he's boy. apparently 6'5 now. He's Emmett-sized. Um, oh. oh, he's just like me. Shut up, James. <laughs> uh, I'm 6'4". Six, I'm six <laughs> well, okay. I need to highlight the sheer number of sex tape titles in this one oh, it's good. little exchange. Yeah. Let us know. Because what happens is Bella pulls up. She does this big description of Jacob. She notices that he's very tall and he's been growing a lot. And so she says, is it ever going to stop? You're huge. <laughs> And then the very next line, Jacob says, come inside. And then you're getting all wet. I cannot. I, she really wrote this. She this wrote is so this. fucking funny. I missed all of those. I'm so glad you're here. Love you. Kissing you. So many, Hilarious. so many sex tape titles. Shannon got one. We just got like two and a half James, more. you participated. We're not even done. Oh, we're doing such a good job. This is fantastic. Broad face, mm-hmm. wide grasp. Jade, wide, the wide grasp was a weird descriptor. Where Billy they has a wide hands. grasp. Mine was lost in his wide grasp. Billy, wide leave grasp. Billy alone. But, um... I do like that Jay- Jacob's like, because he's 6'5", but he's like, I'm still a beanpole, though. So he's literally Slenderman. He is he, just... He and Bo out here he being Slenderman. Slenderman. A stiff wind is carrying Which away. Which begs the question, <laughs> how do we think Julie was described in this same paragraph? How was she's she not described? as tall as Bo. You know she's not as tall as Bo, because she can't be as tall as Bo. Mm-hmm. But you know she's probably still like lanky and whatnot, but she's definitely taller. Yeah, much we, taller we have to emphasize before. how much she doesn't have muscles. I'm sure that would be an important. All right, so interesting, interesting descriptions here of Jacob and Loki Billy with his wide grasp. 
luckily he's he's not he's not super smug about the lack of collins he doesn't bring it up and i think that's a relief for poor nella wide grass billy sounds like a wild left guy <laughs> <laughs> he's got that quick draw you better watch him. oh no wide grass billy's <laughs> running into town calamity jane and wide grass billy oh shit no but i like this part when she's talking about when Billy bribed Jacob into crashing her prom um, yes. because Billy did eventually pay up is what Jacob tells us, which is, has allowed him to fix his new car, the 1986 Volkswagen rabbit, the rabbit. And she says, it turned out that his Billy's concern was in the end unnecessary. I was all too safe now, but I was going to see what I could do to change that. Mm-hmm. She's going to go do some dangerous stuff. Girl, seriously, go have some safe, un- unsafe casual sex. Rob a store. Rob a store. <laughs> Rob a store. She should. <laughs> she should. What was it Bo said in, in um, Life and Death? Knocking over liquor stores. Knocking over <laughs> liquor stores. Yeah. That could be you, Bella. Um, another thing I like, another line I like that Bella says to Jacob is, um, I think they're talking about uh, driving. She says, wait a sec. Are you legal yet? Which is the title of her trial. Not her no, trial! No, I have that written down. One second here. One second. Wait a sec. Are you legal yet? I'm 16. Not that age ever stopped you. <laughs> yup. Yep. Title of her trial. You see what I'm saying? Dude. Yeah. That line made me scream laugh. This is the second time in any of her books that she's used the term legal. Because in Life and Death, she used that term to describe legal werewolves. The the very legal werewolves at the end, which is so weird. Leave these girls alone. But then they banter back and forth a bit. And Jacob is so likable and we love him. And I feel bad because um, Bella at one point is like, I needed to rein in the enthusiasm before I gave him the wrong idea. But like, bitch, you just use the word date to this kid who you know has a crush on you. Yeah, no, because I I was also having, like, I like the... The dynamic is like, oh, it's so nice. Jacob is so lovely. He's so down for girl crimes, which I do appreciate, you know. What a guy. But it also, it just kind of makes me feel even worse that Bella's kind of using him. I know. Like, just because she also likes him doesn't mean she isn't using him. I you know? know. I do like, though, that she says college schmollage at one point. Because she's yeah. like, I'm going to bankroll this operation. She's talking about blowing her college fund on yeah. motorcycles. Funny. I kind of like that. <laughs> I think that's funny. Yeah, what a fun thing for her to do. I can she, get behind she directly this. is like, yeah. I have $1,500 in my bank account. That's not really enough to pay for college, yeah. but it could pay for motorcycles yeah. and motorcycles. Yeah, that's what we're here for. Um, so she really is sugar mama and Jacob. Who was it who said that? Which of you said yeah. that? Um, was me. Um, he keeps being like, you paying for everything. I'm uncomfortable with that. And she's like, well, you're doing free labor, so I'm going to pay for parts. I know a struggling family that would have loved some of that. <laughs> 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 Poor Marxists. Yeah. <laughs> I like that it's we've now decided it's canon that the Marx family are like seconds from having to their house is they're getting evicted. Everything's getting yeah. repoed. Yeah. They're trying to sell these motorcycles. Um, yeah, this kid is like take them. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible. Um did anybody have any other um notes or things that they saw or funny quotes that they had for this specific chapter before we're at the end of it? And we yeah, I have what's up? I have it here. It says I guess they were talking about parties at one point and they decide they're gonna have a joint party yeah. and I said, Never mind, she's going to have a joint party, she's cool as hell. <laughs> and then afterwards and then afterwards I put, Oh, just realized she probably means a combined party. <laughs> 
she should have a joint party. You're right. Yeah. That would be I would go to Bella a joint would party. like approach the bong and hallucination Edward would appear between them and be like, Don't do this. Go, you do don't this. have to do this, Bella. Yeah. But it's funny though, I like that the fandom thinks that she would be she it would benefit her to be a pothead. Because I agree. Yes. I agree. Yeah, she needs to chill. <laughs> she fucking does. <laughs> There's canonically a pothead in the town of Forest. Forks, right. call Stoner Tara. I bet she would take you to all fun kind of reckless shit that you guys could get up to together. Jacob is not your only option, girly. You even make plans to hang out with Stoner Tara and Edward's hallucination will appear right in your brain. So you true. watch out. <laughs> I want to hang out with Stoner Tara. They all want to <laughs> hang out with Stoner Tara. Honestly. She's kind of the MVP of the chapter even though she's not here. I know, she haunts the narrative. <laughs> 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 oh my god any other things for chapter five that's it that's it um should we pick an mvp for chapter five now before Absolutely. we start mentally combining the two chapters mm-hmm. yeah i kind of want to make mvp the marks kid <laughs> for giving away his family's motorcycles that's pretty valid. yeah he just doomed his family to financial tragedy oh, yeah. i personally would like to nominate for mvp leatherface um, from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I would like to nominate Leatherface for MVP. So we have a tween or we have Leatherface from the Texas they can Chainsaw share Massacre. It, you know, I'd be they happy can. That. Yeah. yeah, you know, that'd be a great sitcom. Marks Jr. We'll call him Marks, Marks Jr. Marks, the little Mr. Marks Jr. and Leatherface. You mm-hmm. know, that tag, ragtag team. Fucking hell. Um, and then we have we have to have come up with our request for Stephanie. Whose point of view would we like to read this chapter from? Which should she rewrite this chapter from? The orange beard man. I want to see what he thinks bears actually look like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and his impression man. of Leatherface. I kind of ship them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, honestly, there's not much else that happens here besides, like, she gets the bikes and then she goes to Jake. And, like, I don't want Jacob's point of view yet. No. Yeah. So I'll sure. Let's do Orange Beard Man. Hopefully. I agree. Orange Beard Man. Or or the kid, and then we get to see the financial Marks repercussions. <laughs> the financial repercussions of Bella taking yeah. these oh, no. ruined us. Okay. Well, you heard it here first, Stephanie. Get to going on those versions. We want to hear their their story. Tell us their tale. <laughs> but interestingly, we're actually not done with Chapter Five. Um, we're because not. Good old Stephanie Meyer. Has posted to her website a very special um, New Moon outtakes document. So she has generously shared with us all of the scenes that she wrote in New Moon and then cut from New Moon. So this is an outtake that I believe she describes why she took it out. And she says, (laughs) she says, I thought it was all sort of funny, but my editors disagreed. (laughs) I kind of agree. It is sort of funny, but I do think it ruins the tone a little bit if we're meant to And it makes me mad. If we're meant to be empathizing with Bella and like projecting onto her, you know, as an audience insert, um, this is maybe not not the way to go about it. And we'll we'll let our audience judge for themselves. Shannon, you want to describe to them what these two scenes that were the first scene that we read? Well, the first scene is described as post just Port Angeles night out because Bella goes to the bank. So right where this chapter starts. Right, yeah. Right where this chapter starts. So she goes to the bank and she's going to deposit her paycheck. And in her narration, she's like, oh, I wish I could just do a drive up. I don't want to have to go in and talk to Jessica's mom because, of course, her mom, Mrs. Stanley, I love is that. the bank teller there. Mrs. Stanley, local Karen and bank teller. Oh, my God. That's right. Calling the cops on children and handling your finances. She's a queen. So when um, Bella goes to deposit her check, 
uh, Mrs. Stanley's like, oh, do you want a printout of your bank account? And Bella's like, uh, sure, okay, why? Because Bella doesn't Well, know first, why. even before we get to that, there's some incredible little writing moments and sentences in here. Because Mrs. Stanley thinks Bella is fucking bonkers. I don't know what Jessica and told Bella's her mom last night. Bella's acting like an alien. Well, and Bella's acting like this is an unfair... She's like, oh, she thinks I'm crazy. And it's like, girl... You what? put her daughter in a dangerous situation last night. Like, of course she does. Um, and Bella realizes it's this very autistic sentence where she <laughs> says, she realizes Mrs. Stanley is looking at her weird and it's because Bella has failed to smile correctly. She's like, waited, but too long of a time elapsed where she's supposed to like respond with a smile. I smiled back realizing I was a second too late. Girl, what? Yeah, there's a lot of this. And then possibly my favorite part where she's talking about how everyone in town thinks she's crazy. Um, is I love the idea where the people of Forks just think Bella inherited Renee's literal insanity. Yes, yes, yes. Because I they're love almost that. right, but actually it skipped a generation and all of the insanity went to refrigerator, you know? No, leave refrigerator be. <laughs> little rescue poor got demon all baby. crazy jeans. Our little, re- our little resume. <laughs> poor kid. Um, but there's also a really funny sentence where Bella is trying, uh, Mrs. Stanley says something like, oh, it's been so long since you and Jessica hung out. I'm so glad you guys hung out last night. And Bella says like, I've been so busy. School, work. Work. And then she runs out of things to list. <laughs> she said, I scrambled to think of something else to add to my short list, but came up blank. <laughs> and it's so funny because it parallels that point in the movie, not to spoil, um, where Jacob is accusing Bella of lying about the whole vampire conspiracy. And he says, you've lied to everyone, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He stops listening after Charlie. Charlie. <laughs> else. I forgot about that. So like, this is such a Twilight thing to start a list and be unable to finish it. That's so funny. <laughs> oh my god, let's see what else happened. But um, Bella is Bella, and she has like these random snide remarks about. Oh, she's um, so mean about her, Mrs. Stanley's her curly appearance. hair and her overdrawn yes. lips because she's just a fucking. Her bitch. lipstick is bad. Her hair Bella. is bad. Mrs. Stanley is a like other girls whore. Okay. But also, no, she really is. I wonder if she's naturally blonde. That would really drive the nail last nail in the oh, coffin there. Yeah. Well, we know Jessica has dark hair, so it seems unlikely, but possible. Mm, dark hair is dark. Anyway, I like the moment. Um, Bella is once again really fucking funny. Uh, after she tries to, she's cashing her paycheck or depositing her paycheck. And Mrs. Stanley starts acting really weird because unbeknownst to Bella, Mrs. Stanley has seen that there's an extra 20 grand in Bella's bank account. And she really wants Bella to look at it react um, yeah but mrs stanley starts asking acting really weird and bella thinks were the newtons trying to pass bad checks <laughs> which is like deeply funny the newton crime family everyone mafia mike yeah. newton mafia mike newton there's so many great references right here she's she's going through the list of possibilities of like why mrs newton could be acting weird about this check that she's just tried to deposit and she wonders if Charlie is a dirty cop taking bribes. No, that's that made me laugh because on one hand, I was like, the fact that Bella's like trying to scramble now. It's like, I love that Bella's a good daughter and is like, I don't want to blow Charlie's cover if he's doing illegal <laughs> shit. But also when the revolution comes, girl, I'm going after you first. Well, she has this really funny line where she says, I couldn't really picture Charlie in the mob. And I said, well, try harder. And also, any of our listeners who are artists, please draw me Mafia Charlie and Mafia Mike Newton. 
And then our third, our third person who Bella thinks might be in the mafia is her stepfather, Phil. Because what does she Poor really Phil. know about Phil? <laughs> a dirty baseball player taking bribes to throw his games. Ah, poor Phil. And she says another banger line. I sat down wondering if Phil had a dark past. I would so <laughs> read that fan fiction. I just like, too. If anyone's going to do that and like, want date a criminal... Boy. Yeah, it's Renee. Renee would. He could be like, oh, my dark past in the mafia. And Renee would be like, tell me more. Isn't he only like 11 years older, 12 years older than Bella, too? He's young. Yeah, he's like 30. Yeah. So he's had a dark past. <laughs> Imagine your stepdad being 10 years older than you. Funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love Renee. I love her so much. Although Renee's... she gets a, a she gets a, a knocked point at some point in this episode, and you'll hear out mm. why. James mentioned it a little bit in his Oh, we, we will have to get to that time, too. <laughs> um, let's see here. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah. So then she finds out, like G just said, there's an extra 20 grand in her account. And it's some bizarre thing where Mrs. Stanley has to get her manager involved. And they go in the back room and they're talking. They're trying to figure out where this money came from because they don't know why. And they find out that it's a random, they make some calls and they find out it's a random scholarship, Bella. Congratulations. It's the Pacific Northwest Trust or something yep, for people. Pacific Northwest Trust. And then they list a whole bunch of random circumstances that, of course, led Bella to getting this. And Bella's literally Well, and she's like, immediately skeptical. No. She's like, absolutely, no. I did not get a scholarship. I did no. not apply for any scholarships. Um, and they, then they, they hand the wave that. Dude, I know, James! <laughs> <laughs> well here's the sorry. thing sorry she doesn't sorry it ultimately boils down to bella doesn't want to accept the money because she realizes it's coming from the cullens um well i don't like, know because in scene two she really starts in her narration she's really acting like whoever this is must be mistaken i think she should know that it's the cullens and this reaction would make sense if she was acknowledging in her narration that it's the Collins, but she really doesn't give like she a real kind hint. of does though. Like she kind of does. So stupid. I I don't think take she the is, money. Though. I need you to understand that I would take money from anybody. <laughs> I, I don't care. You can drop it. James, you should drop your Venmo um, and yeah. drop your socials yeah. at the end at, of the episode. Yeah, <laughs> but who um, do we think this is? Because we know it's the Collins. We all know yes, it's no, the Collins. Yes, no, she does. No, she, okay, give Bella some credit here because she knows it's the Collins. She says, sure. it was at that precise moment while she beamed happily at my good fortune that I knew exactly where the money had come from. Despite the sudden rush of anger, suspicion, outrage, and pain, I tried just to speak calmly. So like, pain. She knows. Okay, she knows fine, it's Edward. Fine, we fine. have to give her credit here. She immediately sure. knows. Fine, um, we'll give her credit. Especially because, like, <laughs> the more she asks follow-up questions about where this money came from, the more obvious it becomes, right? It was a and random And the answers just get sillier from these, yeah, these um, people. Yeah, so... But who do we think is pretending to be Mr. Isaac Randall? That's the name that Bella gets. Do Mark we Cuban. think it's Edward? Do we think it's Carlisle? Or do we think Alice is trying to be nice and then... Forces Jasper to jump on the phone and pretend to be some poor guy named what? Isaac Randall. Who do we think it is? Which of those three? It could also be a real person. It could be a real person that they're that calling to true. hire just to do this. I wouldn't put it past them. Just to throw money around. But I do love the idea of them. Well, we know, but the thing is, Carlisle could have also done that. But we know they love they well, love. I faking. think statistically, we know that the person who handles all of the fake identities is Jasper. So if it's one of the Cullens, it's probably Jasper. <laughs> 
That's um, even funnier to me. Yeah, but the situation but we know, is but that... Also, we do know that Carlisle loves to pretend to be people he's not on the phone. Remember when he got mm. like, Billy Black's it's information? He did call Billy. In yeah. Sun. She's, she's like, goes from wondering if someone's taking bribes to immediately understanding that if there's 20 grand extra in her account, she knows who's constantly trying to give her 20 grand. <laughs> Edward would love to give her 20 grand. Yes, he um, would. Should be me. And I like Should when she, one of the reasons she claims that this couldn't possibly be a merit-based scholarship that I was randomly chosen for is that she's like, there's many girls with better grades in our school, one of whom is Jessica. Exactly. Um, yeah. who in the movie, Jessica is valedictorian. So I like confirmation that Jessica is a smart girl with good grades, even in the Thank books. you. I know. Um, but also, it immediately occurred to me, if Edward wanted this fake scholarship fund to look more realistic, he could just award it to more people. He could. It could be like, yeah, Jessica and the other two smart girls also got the scholarship. You know, like, you have $46 billion. They have billions, man. They piss me off You're so not going to miss it. It's so Edward to be like, I have to only give money to Bella. And, like, it never even occurs to him. The other like, humans can choke. Yeah. Yeah, it never even occurs to him to make it look like a plausible cover story. It's just like their weird cover story of all being adopted kids dating They should pay for every college-aged person in the state of Washington to go to any <laughs> college they want and have money left over. Mm-hmm. They piss me off so bad. Where is Jessica's cool 20 grand? Um, another line I liked is that when Bella um, asks for the contact information for Isaac Randall so she can email him back, don't fucking give me money. Um, the Mrs. Jandy, the bank person, bank manager, I guess she is, writes, she wrote swiftly on a torn scrap of paper. I made a mental note to anonymously donate a pad of post-it notes to the bank, <laughs> which is like, why is that the funniest line in here? <laughs> Um, I think the bank's then, fine. Sure. Like, the bank's the bank is fine. You don't need to donate anything, especially anonymously, yeah. to a bank, Bella. Of her fifteen so far her removed fifteen hundred dollars, she's gonna spend them on post-it notes for the local. Going banks. going to a restaurant and using a napkin and being like, I need to donate napkins later. <laughs> <laughs> Philanthropist Bella Swan in this chapter. Um, right. And then one of my my favorite things about this outtake is that she closes the account. She correctly is like, please don't give me this money please wire it back i'm gonna close the account and then she takes her fifteen hundred dollars of the account that were hers and she immediately puts them into a sock no don't return of the money sock sock. my favorite character is back the small knitted sack the money sock fucking money sock get out of my face bella bella stays being bella you know um and i was wondering about the legitimacy of this whole scene Oh my god, that's right! And then it occurred well, to we me know someone. that I had an expert right here in my very home who used to work at a bank and knows quite a lot about banks and has written about banks. Um, so I would like to call Beth to the stand to answer some of my bank-related questions. And Beth! <laughs> Hello! Beth! Tell us about banks and how and why and what is what is the likelihood of a scene like this? ever happening so i mean if possible there are two sides here which is the the bank that it comes from and the bank that it's going to um i thought it was very telling that um the bank teller was like we don't get very many wire transfers and that made me question like how big is this bank is this a credit union like (laughs) who who's not getting wire transfers um and another thing i thought was funny was that uh this teller saw like deeply suspicious activity on this account and then told the client, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if you see suspicious activity, you get a, what's called a, a suspicious act. 
activity report and you don't you don't tell the person who's being suspicious you know <laughs> um the fact that they wanted to give her the cash but that would have been like probably impossible for this bank and it would require you know filling out a form to send to the feds um oh my god the <laughs> feds things. more feds uh, let's see what what else yeah i didn't notice that an actual transaction had taken place when when bella went to deposit her check um let's see we never saw her actually successfully deposit the check <laughs> that's right the fact that the the teller was like do you want me to show you your balance like why would you i don't know uh right. let's see you want to see how much money you got thanks <laughs> <You're like, laughs> i always say no because it's, I'm too scared. It's not, it's not good. It's <laughs> no one good. wants to see that. Like my two exactly. biggest questions um, for Beth were: mm-hmm. I asked, like, would this be possible? First of all, could you just put twenty grand in some girl's account? Um, and apparently, it, absolutely. Like banks yeah. do not care one, if they are receiving the money. Like you can put any amount of money into anybody's account, and no one will ask questions. But he would need her information, okay. right? Her, he would need her bank account information in right. order to do this. Oh, you know so. he hasn't memorized. That's what I said. And He's got well, that routing like, number. The, the, the dark truth of, of banks is that in the entire history of the financial industry, like, it's all run on the honor system. You know, people's account <laughs> numbers are on their checks. You know, like, you can, you can get people's information so easily. Uh, so it wouldn't have been a problem to put the money in the account the whole like false um, scholarship fund is more complicated, but given the amount of money that Edward has, who whatever <laughs> bank he works with, whatever his private wealth manager does, um, they would have bent over backwards for him. They'll do anything for him. They'll they'll do illegal stuff for him. Like if you have that much money, wow. Well, that the bank will break. <laughs> that explains, uh, I guess more about the likelihood of them getting a Jay Jenks and breaking dawn, I guess. You could feasibly have been the person that Edward called and like, hey, I want to set up your Isaac Randall. I would have been Isaac Randall. His his wealth manager would have reached out to me. Yes. (laughs) Um, Interesting. And then the other big question I had for Beth, the most important one of all was when you worked at the bank, did you have post-its? I absolutely oh my did. I, I stole probably a lifetime supply of post-its from them. Hell yeah, good. How how often did people donate post-its to you? <laughs> Surprisingly infrequently. Oh I never would have guessed. My personal, I once again, I choose to believe that not only is Beth Isaac Randall, she has also stolen all of the post-its from the local Yeah, Fox that's why. That's why so there's sad. no post-its. Beth, fucked up. Girl crime of the week, guys. I know, Bella's got to use her hard-earned college fund to replace the shit you stole. They're writing their, their you know, deposit slips on toilet paper. Like. Sad. Okay, well, thank you, Beth, because I really did, I was kind of clueless. I was a bit lost in the woods, much like Bella in her nightmare. Um, with this bank talk. Um, so now I feel much more enlightened. Thank I feel you, like I Beth. Really know what Thank you, Beth. Excerpt. No problem. Thank you for having me on. I'm going to continue no. making peach cobbler. Ooh, peach cobbler right? time. I'm just I like, Beth is my Bella Swan. I just make her cook things for me. Charlie <laughs> well, style. in that case, Charlie, let's keep on keeping on then. <laughs> oh, hot damn. Well, are we ready to move on to chapter six then? Which is yeah. Friends. I mean, I it's a it's a fine chapter, I guess. Um, I like that we've progressed from Bella describing Jacob's talking 
um, she's gone from prattled because she used to call what he did prattling oh, yes. to now he chatters happily. She's upgraded Jacob him from prattling to chattering happily today. But you know what? At least today she's paying attention. Yeah, like, she's participating. Bare minimum achieved. The bar was on the floor and Bella just barely stepped over it. Yeah. And Jacob's telling her a little bit about his two best friends, Quill and Embry, who we're finally going to get to meet today. But I just think it's such a fucking white woman thing to be like, haha, what kind of names are those? Except it's not because she's Mormon and those names are not even the tip of the iceberg of weird names to a Mormon. Why is she talking about these poor kids' names? Shut up, Isabella. But actually, I I had some some thoughts on Quillis and Embry's names. I'm excited. You love your names. I do love myself a name. Um, First of all, I think it's kind of cool that there are some characters with weird names because I feel like books tend to fall on either different ends of the spectrum where either every single character's name is... Harrow Hark, not a Jessimus. It's usually, <laughs> usually just justified in universe because it's fantasy or sci-fi or, you know, it, it's the Hunger Games where everyone's name is like Sagittaria Meller Bart or something weird. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, so like if you establish a universe where everyone has weird names, fine. Um, but people who write realistic stories often fall to the other end of the spectrum and everyone has a boring name. Everyone's oh, name Andy is like or Steve. Paul or yeah, imagine if, if if Jacob were like, oh, my two best friends, David and Jonah. You know, it's, it's just not as fun. <laughs> um, so, like, I like that there's there's kind of the correct balance, I would say, in Stephanie Meyer books of like normal to weird names because we've got you got your Jacob, your Billy, like those are so normal. Your Mike, um, but you've also got your Quills and your Embrys, so I kind of have to respect that. Um, there's their names specifically are interesting because Jacob tells us he he kindly for me, explains the origin of Embry's name. He says, I think his mom named him after a soap opera or something to that effect. And so I went looking and I'm pretty sure Embry is named after soap opera actor Ethan Embry. Um, Funny to me personally, because my grandmother told me she named my dad after a hot soap opera actor. So it's a common practice. People do it. Um, Quill's name, on the other hand, we don't get any explanation for, but we do know that he is a the fifth. It's a family name that has been passed down for generations in his family. Um, so it seems likely that probably Quill's name is Harry something Potter. from the same uh, <laughs> Harry Potter-esque names. Yeah, as James exactly. pointed out, they, they these names sound like they could be Harry Potter characters. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Werewolf McWerewolf, right? Um, (laughs) Which Quill's name, upon some research, I was like, probably it comes from the same root word as Quillute, probably. And I found some claims that the word Quillute actually means something to do with wolves or contains the word for wolf. Um, None of them seem like super reliable sources. So like take that with a grain of salt. But Mm. it would be really funny if Quill's name was Werewolf McWerewolf. Um, I would love that to be true. Poor Quill. Um, and I like Jacob. He says, don't, he says to Bella, like, don't make fun of their weird names. And then he says, because they'll tag team you. Yeah, they will. I love their sex tape. Yeah, they will. How do you know that, Jacob? What were you doing at the devil's And then she says, good friends. I raised one eyebrow. Good friends. Wink, wink. They'll tag team you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, no, I love their names, but the fact that Bella immediately is like, Quill and Embry, I interrupted. Those are unusual names. 
I mean, yeah. I guess she's not just giving us nothing. She's giving us something, but also I forgot how much she annoys me. She's so judgy. She was talking about oh, Mrs. Stanley's hair and lips. She's and so now judgy. she's talking about Quill and Embry's names. And like, as weird names go, I think they're nice. Like, no, I love sure. their names. I they are cool names. names. But then they show yeah. up. She's uh, be- Jake's like, oh, he literally the devil. says speak of the devil, which is like, it's yeah. a very, very like Gen X mom kind of. Like, I say speak of the I devil. I say it sometimes, but like. It's for a teen boy to be like, speak of the devil, as if like that's like a witty observation is kind of funny to me. And well, now we do meet Quill and Embry, but before we actually get into their descriptions here, I want to ask you, G, mm-hmm. do you think the Euphoria and something, the life and death Quill and Embry are still named Quill and Embry? Well, I think we actually did get that. I think we yeah. we have confirmation from life and death, as far as I can remember, that Quill, at least, is still Quill. I don't remember if Embry was ever mentioned, but I think girl Quill is still Quill. Um, I, because I lean toward just, just keeping their names similar, because I was doing mild Googleable research last night, trying to be like, are these real names? Like, what? What's going on here? And like, yeah. the websites well, is like, a yeah, girls or boys, whatever. You yeah, well, a, so a lot of surnames have been appropriated for, as first names for both girls and boys. So I think that yeah. would track. I think I'd be okay. possible. Okay. Um, I don't always like them, but I, these are fine. I okay, like perfect. Because yeah. I kept them for Euphoria and something, which you'll be reading. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but we get to meet them, and Quill is just short and all puffed up, and Embry is tall and skinny and shy. And Quill's just Well, flirting. there's specifically a sentence that talks about Quill's quote-unquote well-developed chest. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> Yeah, what's, the, what's the equivalent description for that going to be in Euphoria and something for girl Quill? Don't worry, I, we get into it. <laughs> Don't oh, you do worry. I, now I'm excited. I had some some questions about this description of Quill and Embry. I'm not going to lie, but exciting news: drink for Quill winking at Bella. He does he wink. Drink for the, drink for the wink. Mm-hmm. My king, thank you for winking. Thank you. Thanks for winking. It's one of the few valid winks in here. It's stupid, but like it's supposed to be, you know, I like, I like their introduction. So they're very fun. um, Cause Bella's like his grasp was firm. It looked like he was flexing his bicep. Like they're just being dirtbag teenage boys. I love this. Yeah, they do. I loved it. It's pretty lovely. They're being just guys. They're just guys. Dudes. And And I love it. Lads, 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 you know. It's so cute. Um, We do get some smacks of gender lines when they start (laughs) talking about cars. Um, The Y chromosome. Yes. There is a line where Bella says, I figured I'd have to have a Y chromosome to understand the excitement. Um, So I I was once again. Car is for a boy. Wondering what the hell is Bo going to say instead of this is for um, boy. So am I, are we going to find that out? Perhaps? You're going to find out, baby. <laughs> oh. It gets worse immediately after this. How does it get worse? Because immediately after she makes the Y chromosome remark, she's like, oh, and we were sitting around for a while. And then I was like, oh, I got to leave because I got to make Charlie's dinner. Yes. And the it's like we said, what in the 1950s housewife is this, Bella? <laughs> she talks as if she is like Charlie's living indentured servant housekeeper. <laughs> Destined for a life of Cinderella-esque drudgery. Girl, he did not ask you to do this. No, he didn't. Charlie does not care if you want to hang out with your friends. In this specific chapter, he even implies that he, he's like, maybe we should do something with the blacks for dinner. Like, oh, you're going to Jacob's. Like, maybe I'll meet you there. We'll all have dinner together. Like, he offered to, like, do something, like him and Billy. And she has to say no because she doesn't want Charlie to see the motorcycles. Um, But, like, 
this is not a thing you have to do. Billy also offered to host her for dinner and she said no. So like, it's very like, once again, Bella's narrative is that she's this martyr and everyone else's narrative is like, oh, you, you sure you don't want me to order pizza? Yeah. Like, well, I can do, do a thing for you. Want, <laughs> yeah. And she's like, no, I don't know. I couldn't. I could never. Girl, take the money. Girl, accept the spaghetti. What's wrong with you? Accept the spaghetti. <laughs> Get loved, accept idiot. the spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in general, Quill and Embry are just such little delights in this scene. They're so funny. They keep nudging no. each other and like being embarrassingly obvious. They're like, oh, Jacob's got a girl at his house. Like, you know, it's very like stupid. This boy. is at least the fourth time I have read through this book before. And it is mm-hmm. the first time I've ever noticed this joke that happens towards the end of this I scene. Have to, I have to set James, this up because I also hope you saw this too. I was I was reading the part where Quill and Embry are like nudging each other. And I, I wrote in it's my so notes, R.I.P. Quill and Embry, you would have loved the title of your sex tape bit. And then the very next paragraph has a part where Jacob is uh, is kind of talking about how he feels bad that um, that Bella is buying the motorcycle parts. And yeah. what does what does Bella say that she's getting in return well, from Jacob? She says, Jake, if I took these to a mechanic, how much would he charge me? I pointed out. He smiled. Okay, you're getting a deal. Not to mention the riding lessons, I added. Free riding lessons. Quill grinned widely at Embry and whispered something I didn't catch. Jacob's hand flashed out to smack the back of Quill's head. That's it. (laughs) Get out, he muttered. This is the second time that an in-universe character has made a title of your sex tape. We got to give credit to Quill for this. We got one from Emmett, right? Yes. Didn't we get one from Emmett? And then we Mm -hmm. got one from... um, from Quill well, here. From Quill. Good and he job, got smacked boys. in the back of the head for his trouble. So Good the true martyr job, of the boys. chapter, everyone. <laughs> I have never noticed that joke before until now. This is the fourth time at least that I've read this book. That's really funny. That's but, like, so funny. I just love that I was like, oh, Quill and Embry would love this she podcast. She put a sex joke. <laughs> Stephanie Meyer put a sex joke in her series. I've never caught it. Well, it's so funny that she's aware of it here, and she did it on purpose here, but she she does it by accident so many other places. I know she does do it by accident, but this is intentional. I've, I'm more power. Okay, Steph, I see you know there. what? It, was, it worked. It landed. It was funny. It was <laughs> funny. I can't believe I've only just now laughed at it. Fuck this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then as she kind of goes home and is like, oh, what a fun time. I'm laughing and having fun. This is so weird. I haven't done that in so long. This is such it's a strange like experiment. Experience. Um... It made me kind of mad because on the one hand, like it's really sweet that Jacob and his friends make Bella happy and that she's having fun and stuff. But on the other, are you telling me that Mike and Angela have never been kind or fun or worthy of hanging out with in all of these months? Because I don't believe you. You are just a jerk. You are just an asshole. Bella is an asshole. I'm so mad yeah. at her still. Like, I don't think it's like special Jacob. He's the only happy person on earth. I don't think that's true. I think you've written too many other likable characters for this to be plausible, Stephanie. You're just a judgmental bitch, Bella. <laughs> it does make her come I mean, across Stephanie, that way. I mean, Bella. I mean, is this Bethany Smire or whatever the fuck? You're uh-huh. just judgmental. Just accept it. So she goes home briefly and we get this tiny throwaway line. But I love that one sign of Bella's depression is that her room is too clean because usually she's a slob. I didn't get that kind. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know about 
not the opposite kind. The opposite I don't kind. get that kind either. <laughs> I'm kind of jealous. Um, she cleans. The, she talks about how she cleans the kitchen twice, and she runs. Yes. Like, what are you cleaning after it's clean? She has nothing she to do. Me off. She has not a hobby in the world. Like honestly, you know what? If she wants to fix motorcycles, at least she's doing something. Good lord! Like, <laughs> but then she goes to sleep. And she doesn't have a nightmare because she's freaked out like, oh, I'm feeling again. I'm going to have a horrible nightmare. And she wakes up without a nightmare, without a dream. She's like, oh, ain't that crazy? Good for me. Um, Not good for me. She's like, oh, great. It's just going to be worse when it happens finally. But um, Mm -hmm. anyways... I like that Bella brings her checkbook over to Jacobs because they've, they've made oh, plans to, so to go buy motorcycle parts. It's not just 2006. It's like Bella's further evidence that Bella is correct when she talks about how she's 40 years old. Like, she's like, I'm going to pay with my checkbook. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I guess she doesn't have a rolled up sock full of money since we cut that scene. I do like the, like, age joking we get later in the chapter, but... The before... age-related banter where Jacob and Bella are saying, I'm 40. I'm 40. Well, I'm 32. And like, I'm older than you because I know how to do this. Um, and like, this is like, I can feel the Tumblr girlies going nuts about how they've both been parentified all to hell. <laughs> and that's, like, they're like, know. no, they're both so traumatized. They're perfect for each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I love baby Jake so much. I love him. He's such uh, yeah. an angel. And what, what triggers the, the conversation is that Jacob hints that maybe Quill has a crush on Bella. And Bella says, I think he's a little young for me. And then realizes belatedly that like Jacob is the same age as Quill and has taken that remark a bit personally. Um, and so she turns it into <laughs> a joke. Jacob's face is so funny. <laughs> Just, you know what? Tactful, tactful response. Sure, turn it into a joke. Um, so they, they're going back and forth on how old they, they count as based on their, their knowledge and um, habits and stuff. So like the fact that Bella balances the checkbook in her house means that she's older versus the fact that Jacob can fix cars and stuff like earns him some years. It's, it's all right. I think it's funny when, um, because to me, when Bella says that Quill is young for her, I don't think she means sophomore versus senior. I think she means she likes them old. She likes oh, some geriatric. Like 70, 80 years old. Come back when you're 110, Quill. It's like that side. It's like, what? what's your side? An ancient man. What? An ancient man. <laughs> you know that video? No. Oh. Fuck, I have to find it and send it to you guys as soon as possible. Channing okay. over here inventing TikTok. He's like, he's like, <laughs> you run away with me? Oh my God, I can't believe you guys don't know this. Okay. We'll people, put it in show are, notes. We'll all understand it. The listeners will know it. Yeah, they probably will. Oh. Anyway, um, yeah, Bella just likes some centenarians, you know? An I don't ancient think man? Gonna, yeah. <laughs> An ancient, <laughs> An ancient man. man. This joke that only Shannon finds <laughs> It's so funny. I can't wait for you to also get the joke. I'm so upset right now. <laughs> Anyways, it makes me sad every time that she remembers that, oh, yeah, I'm doing this for a reason. I'm doing this to hear edward's voice because like i'm like great she's having fun isn't it great when you give people the time of day and you pay attention to the conversation and you joke around aren't you having fun but then she's like i had to remember that i was doing this well no she doesn't say i had to remember she's like i never forgotten why i was doing this jacob was a nice perk she literally calls him a perk on her (laughs) quest to see hallucination edward it's so demeaning it That's really healthy. hurts my heart for him. Yeah, it's she's so healthy, still thinking right? in these terms. Oh, it's so mean. I understand why people ship Jacob and Bella and people are like, oh, he's so good for her. But like, have you considered the other way around that she is terrible for him? I know. <laughs> See, and I, 
I had a note here where I was like, I'm starting to feel like Team Edward girls are the ones that really, really project onto Bella and insert themselves into her shoes. Like they want someone who's going to take care of them. And the Team Jacob people are the people who low-key just really genuinely like Jacob. And they're like, no, he's better. Well, I have an old Tumblr post about this. My thesis mm. statement, my very oh, glib right. Oscar Wildean aphorism on this is, um, Team Edward is for girls who want to fix a man and Team Jacob is for girls who want a man to fix them. Mm, um, and I stand by that. I, that is my team. belief forever. You're Any right. Team Edward fans, uh, my Instagram <laughs> is... <laughs> no! You'll get, you'll you'll get, you'll get it at the team, end. No, yeah. I'll let him. I'll let him. Yeah. You you'll get it at the You're end of the You're looking for a real fixer-upper. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the episode, you'll get all the information you need, besties. She does say, though, his hand was rough and very warm. Because contrast. Ah, isn't that cute? Well, it's eventually the opposite of Edwards. It's because they're stumbling around. I like that Jacob is clumsy like Bella. I like that he is because he's had a growth spurt, he's very clumsy. I think that's cute. Oh, he's tall and skinny and clumsy and him just a little he's just a baby. I love him. He's just a little gumby stumbling and around. And then it makes me sad that she's like undercutting her own joy because she was like, Oh my gosh, her superficial laughter it wasn't deep laughter. I wasn't feeling it in my heart and soul. But like all the joy and all the fun that I was having. Sure. I mean, I guess it's so superficial, though. It's well, not going to last forever. It feels like Stephanie Meyer thinks that if she lets Bella enjoy herself for even a second, then Bella is no longer she believably in love, love with that The love can't be real if she has Fuck a good time. Off, dude. Ever. So we were also both laughing when the house came into view. The laughter did not go deep. It was light and superficial, but still nice. Fuck off. Um, but Charlie's there. Charlie came over and he's so cute. Not only Charlie is there hanging out with Billy, but the whole Clearwater family is there. Oh, I forgot, yeah. Um, yeah and, and this Seth. chapter, I happen to know this is a lot of people's like favorite chapter, because it's a very homey, fun, little, fluffy, domestic scene of um, everybody having a spaghetti dinner together outside in the yard, because the she house isn't big enough. the spaghetti. <laughs> spaghetti dinner. Um, so my, my question for you, I'm Shannon, spaghetti is... Here. What, <laughs> What pasta did Bo and Co. have instead of spaghetti? Was it a fettuccine dinner? Ravioli. Ravioli dinner. Because he, he had gentle swells on the mind, and you'll find out spaghetti why. Spaghetti-oli. Oh, God. Oh God. Ravioli, baby. <laughs> I'm afraid to read this now. Um, no, I can't wait. But yeah, it's it's we get some new characters, because we haven't really been introduced to the Clearwaters. We've heard Harry mentioned in passing as a friend of Charlie's. Harry Clearwater, the dad. Sue Clearwater, the mom. Um, little brother, Seth, who... Quote, quote unquote idolizes Jacob, which is so cute. He's yeah, a little 14 he's year old. He just loves him a Jacob. Um, and older sister Leah, who is in Bella's grade, but she's a year older. Which I could confuses and, me. So she's a 19 year old high school senior? Yeah, I mean, people start late. People get held back. I, depending on when your birthday is, oh, like okay. my mom decided with my brothers, like they could have gone to school a year sooner, but they would have been the very youngest. That just um, threw me off. Yeah, I just graduated last year. She wanted them to be the <laughs> oldest in their, their grade instead of the youngest. <laughs> So yeah, Leah's there. And this is where like I was in such a good mood. I was like, oh, spaghetti with the clear waters. And then the narration, the description of Leah. Oh boy. Oh, I, boy. I started off pissed off and then I ended up being like, okay, lesbian. <laughs> okay, lesbian. I mean, yes, on the one hand, it is very gay because Bella describes Leah as very beautiful. She has quote unquote eyelashes like feather dusters. Um, which is a Perfect. funny image. Perfect <laughs> sure. copper skin. Girl, what? Yeah, and she's beautiful in a quote-unquote exotic way. <sighs> exotic is the word that we used here Girl! to describe an indigenous person 
on the continent that she is indigenous to. Exotic to Bella. Exotic to whom? You're the exotic one, bitch. Yes. Arizona over here. I I couldn't. I rolled my eyes so hard. I couldn't handle it. It was just rough. I was like, oh, I forgot that was in here. Great. Great. I don't know what I expected. (laughs) It is a cute moment. Like, the whole scene's very cute. Well, the one interesting non-cute thing that I noticed was that it's meant, the other thing mentioned about Leah is that she is on the phone for the whole evening. The whole night she's on the phone. And if you know anything about Leah Clearwater, you know that probably the reason she's on the phone is that she is in the middle of the world's worst betrayal and complicated breakup. That makes Bella's breakup look like a fucking day at the beach. Oh my like, god, I know. Poor Leah. Like, I, I was completely forgot. I, I guess I never noticed this line before. That Leah's I, yeah. on the phone and she's like kind of intense the whole dinner. Damn, I was she just neck deep in drama that we and Bella has not a clue in the world about it? I, I wanna See, know. New Moon is a book about people not having a great time. Uh, but if you really dig deeper, you can find out that Leah's having a much worse time than Bella thinks she's yes. having. Yes! Leah's entire, entire story makes Bella seem like such a fucking whiner. <laughs> Poor like, Leah. And you get described just, as exotic, and you're literally on the put. You're on the reservation that you grew up on. Bella has it so good. Bella has it so good. Me. You know? Like, she has I nothing can't. to complain about, truly. She just um, had a great day. She's getting free spaghetti. Shut up. Good. <laughs> And, like, this just hits so different. If you imagine everyone laughing and talking outside as they eat spaghetti while Leah is inside, like, breaking down on the phone. Where's her possibility that MP3, you know? There's like a possibility. Anyway, anyway, what were you saying? Me? Um, I was upset because, listen, Bella has such a codependent personality. Because in mm-hmm. this chapter, she's talking about how, like, oh, she can't depend on being around Jacob to, like, to keep cure her happy her. or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, I just, I know so many people like this in real life. And it's so exhausting in real life. And it's so exhausting to read where it's just like, I can own, like, they're only happy when their happiness is dependent upon another person. And it's like, mm-hmm. she's doing this right now. And it's making me so annoyed. Girl. Yeah. She's, uh, she's well, she, she doesn't recognize that the issue, she thinks the issue is that Edward left her. No, girly, the issue was that he is your only source of joy, and now Jacob is your get only source of joy. Get a hobby, like... get a vibrator, get something. <laughs> Seek therapy. Seek therapy, Nicole Bella. Would say. I mean, God. the story would be so much less interesting if she did, but it's already not interesting when she does it. I don't know, it could be a little more interesting. It'd be differently interesting. <laughs> I think her her nightmares are about hiking because she's afraid of hobbies. She's afraid of hobbies. You know what? Yeah. That's so true. I'll accept that into my yeah. worldview. Yeah. She's going to have like a bowling nightmare. <laughs> a nightmare where she's knitting. Yeah. Knitting by the fire. She's at a comedy club or something. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah. Just normal Stand nightmares. comedian Bella. Oh, I want to see it. Oh my god. What's the deal with vampires? <laughs> Poor thing. Oh. Dumb bitch. But she goes home eventually with Charlie and she chats with Charlie a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she says the warmth, the warmth of Jacob's presence was fading. And in its absence, the anxiety grew stronger. Just like me for real. <laughs> Just like me for real. We got to get you a Jacob, James. Someone to fix you. Yeah. 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 We'll do, do free labor on my motorcycles. <laughs> Why does that sound like a euphemism? <laughs> hey, do some free labor on my bikes. Free mustache rides. Oh, yeah. 
So, oh, and then we find out that Renee's a Disney adult, and honestly, yes! that really hurt. That Disney really adult hurt Renee. Yuck. It no. so checks out, though. It so no, checks that out. That hurt me so badly. Um, I've been adjacent to that park um, a time or two. <laughs> a time or two. Yeah. <laughs> were you triggered, James? Were you triggered when you read Disney in this fucking Twilight book? That I, I was. You yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah. bestie. I can't Damn. escape him. So um, I will say that that does put negative points in her corner. No offense to Disney adults listening, but you guys know how you are. Some so offense. If you're taking, so if you're taking offense, <laughs> then obviously the shoe fits if you're taking offense. So I'm not yeah. really sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see what's going on. Um, well, and it's, it's interesting that that's what you find offensive about this passage. Because I feel like most people who read this, this Renee exchange, um, Bella describes her, her email from Renee as sounding like a journal entry. And what she means is, I've been yes queen giving her nothing, so Renee has nothing to respond to or ask about my life because I keep, there's nothing for me to tell and I keep not telling her shit. Which, like, on the surface, it would totally seem to stack up with the reading of, like, terrible But I know the Renee haters out there. Yeah, you know the Renee haters ate that shit up. Um, But, like, you know that, like, just because her emails to Bella are like this, her phone calls with Charlie are where they're like, oh, my God, what the fuck do we do? Our daughter's yeah, yeah. Like you depression. know they're having regular phone calls to just try to figure out what to do to keep their daughter from killing herself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is, like, dark but true. It's um, true! Yeah, so, like, I, I don't think this alone is any more evidence of, like, oh, Renee's such a bad mom. I think she's she's trying. She's trying, God yeah, bless her. Yeah, and then she goes to sleep, and I'm so tired of her... Um, getting prophetic dreams and whatnot nightmare redux i'm so tired well it's interesting that james predicted that the nightmare would change because the way in which the nightmare (laughs) has changed is that now there's just a guy there now sam is there sam is in the woods while bella's wandering the woods and he's standing there silently judging her i'm sam (laughs) it's me me i I like that because i thought i was reading and i was like does he do something no he's just there she just has one guy added to her cast of characters. Which, again, she's... seems to suggest that, like, Bella's subconscious has picked up on the fact that Sam is a werewolf or whatever. But, like, he was there when she was broken up with, so she associates him with finding her in a forest. So it makes sense that he would be there. I just like that his attitude is like, fuck you. <laughs> Why am I in the street? Poor thing. Sam is, like, being, uh... he's, having, he's like having a lovely dream of his own, and he gets ripped out of it to come star in Bella's. I'm, like, sitting here playing Fortnite. Next thing you know, I gotta take part <laughs> in your dumb dream. Like, exactly. <laughs> like... He already had to leave a bonfire in yeah. order to go yeah, find well, her ass in the and dark. The fact that everyone is seeing a giant black wolf, um, for those in the know, that's Sam. He, his yeah. fur is black when he's a wolf. Um, yeah. And the fact that Leah has just spent the whole evening on the phone having intense conversations suggests that Sam is dealing with his own shit right now, Bella, and he doesn't need to be a side character in your story. Dude. Well, what's crazy though, is that we get a little bit of not a little bit of self-awareness the following morning when she wakes up and goes to school on that Monday, because this whole time, this story started off with Bella being like, I don't want to be the main character. I want to go unnoticed. I'm happy doing the shopping and cooking for my dad and reading Austin. In that context, we get a new persona for Bella. Um, she says she wants to blend into the sidewalk, quote unquote, like an oversized chameleon. So she's in her scaly era. Don't um, you say that to me. Don't you say that to me. Shut up. I would like Shut to posit. I would like to posit right now that Bo in this same passage said, would pick a sea creature. He would say he would like to blend in like an oversized octopus. 
Because he fucking loves him sure. some sea creatures. Not fucking all the giant sure. squid. Why not? <laughs> An oversized cuttlefish. But I think it's fun that in this um, ending section of the chapter, Bella's talking about how, like, well, I guess I kind of finally got what I wanted because, like, now that I'm paying attention to what's going on around me for the first time in months, people really don't pay any attention to me. Like, yes. I guess I'm not the main character of this supernatural romance She anymore. notices that she's... Shouldn't complain. She's so invisible that people are terrified when she speaks. She gives them a jump scare, and it's so funny. <laughs> she tr- contributes to one conversation, and they're all like... Well, and earlier in Chapter 5, she compared herself to a zombie, Hag Bella confirmed. Um, and this kind of bears <laughs> it out. Like, she can j- jump scare her friends just by being there. She's so terrifying. And gruesome in appearance, yeah. probably. Ugly bitch. So she has no business talking to, to about Lauren the way she did. James, I'm yes. so glad you were like, why is she being mean to Lauren? Oh, we don't like Lauren? No, Bella doesn't like Lauren because Lauren has to be this fucking unrealistic schoolyard bully that's mean for no reason. Yeah. Lauren is the manifestation of all Stephanie Meyer's issues with blondes, shall we yeah. say. Gotcha. Um, and there is, in this chapter, Bella notes that Lauren has cut off all her hair and has a pixie cut now. Um, and Stephanie Meyer hates blondes and specifically Lauren, a character she herself invented so much that she has a, an out of universe backstory for why Lauren has a picture. That she cut. gave in like a, a interview or yes. something. No, I will link it in the show notes. Um, she says that Lauren fell victim to a model in the mall scam where someone scouts, pretends to scout you as a model in a mall, and then like makes you get a haircut for your, your new modeling jobs that you're going to have. <laughs> For um, she, this is just like this is never relevant to the story this never appears in new moon the character of lauren does like nothing this is kind of it right here in this scene she's there to be mean about um it. she's just there to be a bitch and then stephanie's like but don't worry guys she had to cut off all her hair she got her comeuppance now yeah. she looks like a gay person <laughs> <laughs> yeah bella's so judgmental about the short hair too it's like Interesting. Um, but the return of the Lauren Mallory stuff made my eyes roll. Um, and, yeah. then she, and then Bella's yeah. just being bitchy about Jessica. Yes. I'm going to smack this girl. Bella is really mad that that Jessica isn't like super stoked to see her. And like when Bella's like, how was your weekend? Jessica's like, fine. You know, like she's mad that Jessica is, is not being super friendly to her. And it's like, well, you haven't, you didn't talk to her for many months. And then you were like, let's go to the movies. And then you dragged her into a scary situation with a bunch of creepy older men who were hitting on you both. Like, what What do you expect? Do you want her to roll out the fucking welcome mat for you? I don't think that's realistic. Bella can eat shit, honestly. I'm yeah. so mad well, at and her like, The problem isn't even, like, Bella being like, oh, Jessica's still mad at me. She's not over that. It's like that Stephanie implies, like, the narration implies that we're supposed to agree with Bella here. That we're supposed to be like, yeah, Jessica's being such a bitch about this. Like, no, she's not. No, she's not. She's really not. Um, but then Mike. I love Mike. I love Mike. Bella has such good friends around her, but she doesn't pay attention to them. She's got Jacob. She's got Mike. She's got Angela. Yes. Well, and Angela really punches above her weight in this one little scene in which she appears. And it's actually Angela's fault that Bella gets involved in the conversation at all. (laughs) It's thanks to Angela. um, Because Angela's being a little bit gaslit by the other people at the table. What happens is that Angela describes how she and Ben tried to have a picnic. Again, it's January. It's January. <laughs> oh, and that's right. Pacific and Cole was Northwest. wearing a white t-shirt in January also outside. That was the yeah. other thing that I kept getting yeah. confused about. It's January oh. in the Pacific Northwest, and we're doing mm. all these outdoor activities for some reason. Um, yeah. The reason is the plot. And 
Angela describes how she and Ben were going to go to hike to a nice picnic spot, but then they saw a scary big giant black bear in the woods. It was a giant bear. Um, and everyone's like, ew, Angela, no, you didn't. Like, no one believes that she yeah, saw a bear. Yeah, you dumb bitch. Um, Try again. They, there's, there's a line where it says, like, you wouldn't see bears that close to the resort, which is the stupidest line ever. Bears fucking Dude, love resorts. why do people keep telling all these other people, oh, you're lying about the bears? Of course there's a bear. Gee, you see bears in your neighborhood every yeah. <laughs> I mean, January would be, like, the more realistic line for Jessica to have had here would have been, it's January, bears are hibernating. Yeah. Like... That's why you wouldn't see a bear, not because you're close yeah. to the resort. Bears love human shit. That's why we have to have bear-proof trash cans and stuff. Earlier in this very chapter, in, in chapter five, Mike was talking about bear-proof canisters bear-proof that they stuff. sell. So, like, clearly you know bears like to take human food. This line doesn't make sense. Anyway, yeah. justice for Angela. <laughs> um, she claims she saw a bear. Everyone else is like, no, you didn't. And Mike, who is the other person who overheard the conversation about the hikers seeing a bear, um, is too busy talking about sports too busy talking sports to intervene and like notice that Angela is being unjustly doubted. So So Bella speaks up. Wait, no, the hikers, they heard one, right, Mike? And everybody's like, what? And she's like, right, Mike? And he's like, oh, uh, yeah, sure. Bella says one line and it's truly the meme of like the million girls with solo cups turning to look at you and being like, (laughs) (laughs) it is. Everyone at the table is like, who are you? her and then angela's eventually like thank you for sticking up for me which like what what who what yeah, kind of well, after school special is this yeah well Thanks angela kind of pulls bella me. aside and it's like you you good bro no. <laughs> you good and then we get confirmation um, of what i we assumed in an earlier episode where the only reason because she likes angela more the only reason she asked jess to go to the movie is because she knew angela would fucking get her right clock when she, her Clock She'd be clocked. Angela's too perceptive. She's too yeah. intuitive. She's too much of a real friend. Yeah, her vampire power would be, yeah. Kindness. I don't know. Something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Kindness, yeah. Kindness. But I mean, we're back again, and that's when we find out what's today's date. Oh, it's January 19th, quote unquote. No, it isn't. No, it at isn't. At this point, which which G has told us it's now the 16th. <laughs> that's the more proper day that it should be, because now it's that 2006 Monday. Because mm-hmm. we, we know it's a Monday, and January 19th, 2006 was... Sorry, let me load this page. I should have... Was a Thursday. Yeah, January 19th was a Thursday that year, so it could not have been January 19th. But Bella says, oh, yesterday marked one year since I arrived or had my first day in Forks. And then Angela and Bella are like, well, things haven't really changed. And then the scene kind of ends. Yeah. We're back at it again one year later. Happy first day part two, Bella, I guess, if you're awake and alive again. Sure. Mm -hmm. Whatever. And the scene kind of ends there. Does anybody have any quotes or scenes or anything that they wanted to mention that we didn't bring up in chapter six? I don't think so. James, can you find anything? I just have Quill and Embry are unusual names. And then I said, your name is Bella Swan. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, let's get to maybe putting their names on one of these two boards that we have here at the end. Now, who do we want as our MVP? Whose point of view do we want? So let's start with MVP. Who do we want as our MVP of Chapter 6? There's a lot of contenders. I mean, mm. I I want to give it to Jake because he's doing yes. all the fucking work. Mm-hmm. But yeah. also, poor Leah. <laughs> well, no, you oh, know that's what? what I I'll said. give it to Jake. 
Yeah. We, we don't do sympathy votes, Shannon. We do not give it. We do not award MVP out of but sympathy. Listen, we award MVP I, out of action. No, what do they no, do? But no, you know, I do though. No, you, I, I've forbidden you to. That's not the no. criteria that we use. I've never, ever let you get away with sympathy vote MVP. Fine. That's not when. Okay. But think about what MVP actually means. Does anyone, do we vote on, make it a word for player we feel most sorry for? No, we it's don't. Mike Valuable Player. It's Mike. <laughs> the Mike when Valuable we're Player. About sports. <laughs> Listen. Fine. Okay. I vote for Jake. Okay. You don't. You don't have to look so contrary. No. I think Jake is a good option. I think Angela did kind of come in clutch at the end there. She um, did, yeah. Yeah. And she was also, if you were awarding a sympathy vote, she was bullied for her bear story. <laughs> Which is so dumb. These, Stephanie Meyer, right normal teenagers. Yeah, sympathy votes, we would also have contenders. We would have poor Lauren with her model scam. We would have um, poor Leah with her all-night phone call. But <laughs> but we're not doing that. We're, we're giving it to Jacob. But I mean... For alternative versions, whose point of view would I like this chapter from, Leah? Because oh, yeah. I want to know oh, what's God. going on on that phone call. Leah by a mile. Leah. I want the tea. I want the drama. What is happening to Leah right now? Because Leah, give us the tea, baby. She would be know. such a more interesting protagonist than Bella in every way. And you know Bella would get one throwaway line about being like, oh, that cop and his daughter's here. Anyways, back <laughs> to my business. <laughs> she, uh, she probably wouldn't even notice Bella. Bella's own friends don't notice Bella. She wouldn't. <laughs> Leah would be like, oh, Jacob, hi. Anyway, got to make my phone calls. <laughs> and that's within her rights here. Damn. Well, that's pretty good. But we've got... Two more things we got to discuss here. And by two, I mean a little bit more than that, technically, because we have two chapters for each thing here. We have You're to so right. talk about... We've got two more books, two more fake books. <laughs> we, um, we've got Euphoria and something to talk about. And then we've got Dark Noon. So we've got Bo's version. We've got Edward's version. We got to tackle here. And um, I wrote a couple chapters for Euphoria and something that G is going to read for you. Um, really excited about them. Um yeah, they're nothing fancy, but boy, were they easy to do. <laughs> boy, were they real easy to do. Um, so, gee, I mean, when you read what I've figured out for Euphoria and something there, I put a like a little one sentence note on okay. this one. But um, I mean, so gee, give us give us what's in front of you, I guess. I cannot so. wait to do my, my live reading of Shannon's beautiful excerpt of Chapter 5, Cheater, of Euphoria and Something. And folks at home, there's an author's note, and it says, this takes place right after Beau has asked Julie for some discretion about the bikes due to Charlie's disapproval. So keep that in your mind. That is our context. Yeah, yeah, Julie smiled. I get it. No adults allowed. I'll pay you, I continued. Uh-oh, she was definitely offended by this. No, you won't. I'm helping you. If you pay me, that defeats the purpose. Oh, um, how about a trade, then? I really had no idea what I was saying, but I knew I wasn't going to get these bikes up and running without her help. I only need one bike, and I also have no idea how to ride it. How about this? You teach me to ride it after we fix them up, and then I'll give you the other one. You mean after I've fixed them up? She wasn't smiling yet, but I knew she was joking. You drive a hard bargain, but okay. Then my mind caught up to her earlier no-adults comment, and my heart almost stuttered to a stop. Wait a sec, are you legal yet? When's your birthday? She clicked her tongue and shook her head. It's today. My heart almost fell through my butt at that moment, but my expression must have been embarrassing because then she started laughing. 
I'm just kidding. It was last week. I'm 16 now, you big baby. Somehow that didn't make me feel much better. I guess it doesn't matter then, I muttered. Sorry I missed your birthday. She laughed. I missed yours too. How old are you anyway? 40? That made me feel even worse. What was I doing here? Close enough. We'll have a joint party to make up for it. Hell yes. Sounds like a date. (laughs) Her eyes lit up at that word, and I kicked myself mentally. I made it a point to try and keep my big, dumb, stupid mouth shut more for the rest of the night. I was definitely not trying to give this girl the wrong idea. All right, and then Shannon has actually written a second excerpt from Chapter 6, Friends. Sure have. And the author note for this one is, Bo meets Quill and Emily. Oh, I'm excited. Jules, are you out here? The shrill yelling was definitely louder now. Yeah, Jules called back. She sighed quietly, but I couldn't tell what her mumbled words were. She sounded annoyed. We waited a little while until two dark-skinned girls breezed around the corner and into the shed. One was tall and thin, almost as tall as Julie was, but definitely not as tall as me. Her shiny black hair was cut into a bob with a middle part. It kept falling out from behind the ears, but she had to tuck it behind. The shorter girl was curvier, and judging by her outfit, it looked like she knew it. Her white t-shirt accentuated her curves, and without intending to, my eyes fell down to her well-developed swells. I looked away fast and could feel my ears getting hot. I didn't get a good look at anything else for a moment, but I knew her hair was long. Both girls paused when they saw me. I could tell the taller girl was trying to be subtle about the look she stole between Julie and I, but the shorter girl's grin widened, and she did not take her eyes off me. Hey, girls. Julie was definitely annoyed. Hey, Jules, the short girl said, still staring at me. I forced myself to look back toward her, and when I did, she winked at me. She seemed elated by my embarrassment. Hey there, cutie. Quill, Embry, this is my friend Beau. Quill and Embry, I still didn't know which was which, exchanged an obvious look. I could tell the tall one was trying to be casual, but the short one didn't seem to care how obvious her entertained ogling was. I had definitely missed something prior to this. Charlie's kid, right? The more mature girl asked me. Her hips swayed from side to side as she approached me, and she held out, held out her slim, delicate hand. <laughs> yup, I nodded, trying hard to maintain eye contact with her. I thought I'd been able to escape this kind of attention for the past few months. It was double worse because she looked at me like she wanted to suck the skin off my bones, and that idea was unspeakably painful. It almost made my brain think toward the one person who I wanted to do that before I shoved the memories away. I shook her hand and she purred, which was weird. I'm Quilatiara, she whispered with another wink before pulling her girly hand out of my much stronger grasp. Um, nice to meet you. Hey, Bo, I'm Embry, Embry Call. You probably know that by now, though. Embry smiled politely and waved shyly before tucking her hands into the pockets of her weather-appropriate jacket. I nodded, relieved that she wasn't also brandishing herself at me. I didn't know how much more my weird heart could take. Nice to meet you two. So what are you two doing? Quill asked. And when I looked, looked back at her, she was still staring at me. Only now her eyebrows wagged up and down. Oh, I definitely knew that insinuation. I could feel the heat spreading down the back of my neck, and I just knew that I was going to start looking all red and rashy if I didn't get myself under control. Bo is going to fix up these bikes, Julie lied, but I could tell that her attempt at poking, poking fun at my inability to understand what she was doing was more of a ruse to distract her friends. At the word bikes, the two girls wandered further inside. For a moment, I was nervous they would turn to ask their questions to me, 
but thankfully they only spoke with Julie. I wondered if they could tell Julie had been lying because they looked at me and saw my, well, everything. Both girls went to examine the prone bikes and drilled her with questions that proved to me that these girls somehow knew a lot about bikes. I could feel my Y chromosome suddenly ashamed of me and tried hard to fake more enthusiasm, nodding along whenever Julie said something that I was definitely not understanding. Some boy I was. Smacks of gender. Smacks of gender. I like Quill having delicate hands and Embry's weather appropriate jacket. Oh, because I mean, if if Quill's brandishing her well-developed swells, because you already used gentle swells in one of yours. I was like, what other swells can I describe? Mm -hmm. Well, that's Bo. He's nothing gentle about my swells. Hey, yo, not gentle at all. The roughest shit. <laughs> I got some sandpaper swells over here. Sandpaper. Anyways. Right, so Euphoria and something. Wow. What a chapter for Euphoria and something. What a couple chapters for Euphoria and something. Because I mean, I we already know that Julie is so fun. And Bo is like, he jokes around more. So I feel like they joke around more. I feel like she bullies him. Yes. She would definitely haze him a little bit. And he was, he's kind of into it. We know Bo is a submissive king. He loves that Julie likes to kind of poke fun at him. And like when she, when she accused him of pulling her hair and then was like, nah, just kidding. You didn't do that. Um, She would totally, she would totally fake him out. She loves to fuck Um, with him. And also we have to figure out what are our, we know some of the gender flipped clear waters. We know that Leah is Lee. And we know that Harry is Holly. Oh, shit. That's Do we right. know Sue and Seth? I feel we like just Sue might have names. been... I feel like Sue might have been Saul or something. Oh, that we'll, sounds we'll have familiar. have to, like, look it up. Seth, I don't Seth? I don't know if we have girl Seth. What's girl Seth? Steph, but no. We'll Steph would be so won't. funny we if won't. we could... <laughs> Steph but, but it's too... We can't give Stephanie that. She would enjoy that too much because Seth, Seth is baby. Seth is baby. Well, Seth is her brother's name. Um, that is so true, actually. Oh my god, that's right. They have a kid named Steph and Seth. They said whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they said whatever. Stephanie. Um, I don't know. I feel like we Steph can put a pin in it. We can ask for audience suggestions for girl Seth. Yeah, girl Seth. Is or if, if you know the answer, what if, if there is girl an Seth. <laughs> Seth Alina. Well, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah, y'all let us know your thoughts. What should what should the rest of the Wolfpack mean? It's too bad there's already Wait, is there there a Beth already? I was gonna say there's Elizabeths. But Seth could be Girl Seth could be Beth. Beth Seth could be Beth. That would make too much sense. That would make too much sense. No, I think I wanna put a pin in Beth and just have it up there for Seth, because that's why did yeah, good one, James. Don't want to put a Thank pin you. in Beth. <gasps> Finally. I know how to name things. <laughs> I love our sex tape. <laughs> I still think okay. girl Seth is good. Girl Seth is really funny. Okay, well you guys let us know what you think we should name um Euphoria and something's Beth. um Seth, Jesus. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're gonna have to do that for any new characters we acquire. Can't wait. Do we have any other Euphoria and something? comments or questions before we move on to dark news i don't I think so i think we can move on to dark news we covered a bit yeah um, okay well and i have to i have to preface that i was okay. pressed for time when i wrote this so there's only mm-hmm. one passage that you're just gonna have to imagine represents both chapters of dark noon um five and six 
And I think you can kind of extrapolate from this passage. Imagine it's it's like the end of five. You can extrapolate what six contained. I think you'll I think you'll pick it up. Okay. All right. Well, here is G's dark noon chapter, her chapter five to chapter six scene. <clears throat> uh, remember that last time Shannon's dark noon chapter involved Alice mailing Edward a Nokia cell phone. That's all you need to know for this. <laughs> for wherever the fuck he is. Okay. <clears throat> like I'm trying to get in my like Edward mindset. <laughs> she's really she's really getting into it, guys. She's rolling Method. her head. She's doing neck cracks. Yeah. <laughs> I open my window and yell at a neighbor kid just to get pissed <laughs> off. Okay, okay. It only took 21,782 seconds for me to begin to loathe the cell phone in my pocket. It seemed to grow heavier with every agonizing tick of the clock, like a millstone around my neck, a loathsome chain binding me to things I wanted to forget. These chains I wear in death, I forged in life. Perhaps this was to be my penance then, for the pain and destruction I had left in my wake. Fitting. I was, after a fashion, dead, and had escaped the sulfurous fires of justice thus far. If only the cell phone were not also a temptation, how could I focus on penance when, with just a few clicks of a button, I could hear the voices of my family again? I withdrew the phone with trembling fingers, laid it on the rickety table in front of me. A cloud of displaced dust billowed in the air. Who would I call? Not Alice. I could not bear the sound of her judgment, or, even worse, her hope. And then there was the likelihood that she'd want to discuss Bella. Even the thought that she might have broken her word, might even now be keeping watch over Bella, what I could not. I found myself cursing Alice's name for doing this to me. This was torture, not mercy. Romeo and Juliet quote here. Damn it. Heaven is here where Juliet lives and every cat and dog and little mouse, every unworthy thing, live here in heaven and may look on her, but Romeo may not. It was too painful to contemplate. I had made Bella a promise and I would keep it, no matter what. It will be as if I never existed. I was unworthy to know how she was doing now. I always had been. Perhaps I would call Emmett. But then the odds were too great that Rosalie would be there too. The silent echo of her smugness palpable through the foam. With a terrible pang, I imagined picking up the Nokia and hearing the warmth of my mother's voice or Carlyle's familiar timber. But was, but that was the worst option of all. Carlisle and Esme would be all concern and worse, acceptance, even forgiveness. The last thing I wanted, the last thing I deserved. I thought about crushing the vile thing and noted distantly that Alice had chosen to send me a Nokia. Cheap, rudimentary, but a model known for its supposed indestructibility. I laughed. A horrid, bitter sound that echoed through my con through the confines of my self-imposed prism, as if anything made of plastic parts in a mere human sweatshop stood a chance against the monstrous strength of a vampire. I wondered if Alice had foreseen this moment, had somehow, wait, had known how desperately I would wish to be rid of her so-called gift, or had she foreseen that I would have some other use for the cell phone? Alone now, in my pocket, the photograph I never looked at seemed like another condom condemnation. I would feel those fathomless chocolate eyes piercing through to where my soul should have been and finding the monster instead. My fingers itched to take out the take out the photo, to gaze again upon her delicate her delicate countenance. Did she hate me for abandoning her? Surely she must. But how could I ever make up for the precious life I had ruined? 
She deserved to be human, to live a life with every opportunity. Friends, family, college. College, an interesting thought. Once I had imagined us setting off together, myself by Bella's side, perhaps carrying her suitcase into the residence hall at Dartmouth. But Charlie could never afford to send her there on a small town cop's salary. I winced at the thought of the paltry so-called fund in her rolled up sock, the four-figure sum in her bank account. I had long since purloined the information from her checkbook. A mind such as Bella's unique, how do you say this, piken? Pequin. Pequin. Clever. Should never be left to stagnate at a stale school or worse, a community college. State I had lo- <laughs> A state school. Oh, a stale school. A state school. <laughs> Who works a community college? I had long ago prepared my arguments for when she inevitably refused to let me help, had even prepared a contingency plan should I be unable to convince her. Of course, the contingency I had set up months ago after Bella's discussion with Jessica Stanley and Mike Newton about where they were applying to college, there was no reason I could not employ it now. I told myself it was not breaking my promise to disappear from Bella's life. There would be nothing to link the money back to me. Alice and I had seen that. Bella, with her dull human perceptions, would never guess where the scholarship had come from. And all I had to do is set it in motion, was was contact a single human banker, with a silent, beseeching prayer to the only idol worth worshipping. Please, this is all I can do for you now. I picked up the cell phone. (gasps) God damn it. Not, I love the, or worse, a community college. Because <laughs> he's so pretentious. Fun, both of us. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's so um, pretentious. Thank you, yeah. I do like that he was like, I'd call Emmett, but I can't. I'd call my mommy or Carlisle, but I can't. Mm-hmm. He's got such issues. He's unworthy to hear their She voice. gave me the Nokia, the most undestructible of cell phones. <laughs> that was the plan, baby. Uh-huh. That's what okay. my boss has. She always no, asks that was for fun. something that could be run over with a truck and survive. Honestly? Valid. What is she just chucking it all the time? She's outdoors a lot, yeah. Oh, good for her. Well, that was that was dark noon, everybody. That's what Edward's up to. Mm-hmm. It only sure took him twenty one thousand seven hundred and eighty two seconds for him to really <laughs> think about that fucking phone. On brand, King. On brand. I love him and his math. That was it, baby. It's hard with Edward because it's not like we can pinpoint based on canon what he's doing. We're really building. We're having to just build from the ground up what Edward is doing this entire time. There's no hints. Like we we got more hints about what Leah and Sam are doing than about Edward in this chapter. As James said in his count, there were zero vampires. There were zero. How do you feel, James? That I got you to read two chapters of a twilight book and there were vampires in neither of them not even mentions not even named you know (laughs) the the word false advertisement (laughs) comes to mind um you've done a lot of things for me as a friend too it was it was it was good to see the other side of things you know because i you know people hear twilight and they think like oh the really cool vampire scenes and like the baseball and all that stuff, but also like they don't talk enough about the the spaghetti dinner. <laughs> okay, and you think you're being funny with this, but I've read that exact post on Tumblr before. Yeah, people on Tumblr really do kind of want that, which is really funny. 
<laughs> Pick up the Babysitter's Club, bro. Anyway, sorry. That was <laughs> actually me on Tumblr. <laughs> you said Tumblr. No, no, it's, it's I mean, if anything, I, it was cool to see, like, you know, it, 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 people think, oh, vampire, it's just a bunch of vampire stuff, but it's like, it, there is, like, family dynamics and things like that. Yeah, that, there's that a whole bunch of bullshit. Really think about, so. So if anything, I'm, I'm kind of happy it was these two so that I can kind of see the, the, how it's written. Yeah. You know? We need to yeah. talk about how we wish Bella having a job had been kept in movies just because it's funny because it gives her something else to fucking do. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Bella doesn't already have a lot to do, but she has she less to do. She herself lampshades that she has nothing to do. She only has two items on her list. Yeah. yeah. Her job is just to be a 1950s housewife for her dad, I guess. Mm-hmm. Goals. Sad, but true. Goals, baby. Oh, no. Oh, all right. Well, anyways, um... James, thank you for joining us. Of course. Thank you, James. Thanks for having me. Especially for this special uh, episode where it's our first double chapter yeah. uh, episode oh, yeah. of New Moon. And we got a special extra guest in the form of Beth giving us her banking knowledge. So thank Hell you, yeah. Beth. Thank you, Beth. Yeah. Um, cool. Now, James. You're welcome. Now, James, do you um, <laughs> have any social media accounts that you want to list for the people where they can find maybe your work? Uh, Sure. My Instagram is uh, at JB Shot This. Um, my, I mean, that's pretty much it. I don't know. Yeah. My, my Twitter is awful. But that's where you can send him all your enraged DMs about everything yeah. wrong with Teen Wolf. No, you can, <laughs> yeah. send, you can send those. It was all Venmo's his decision. What'd you say? My Venmo's broke JB. And <laughs> you can, if you send me $5, I'll listen to anything. <laughs> I don't work go. on it anymore, but I'll let you vent. Yeah. Honestly, that's a pretty fair. That's a tempting that's a fair exchange, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Well, and you can find us on plenty of places online. Uh, but first, before we give you where you can find us, a three books, one plot online. Gee, can you tell us what we're doing with Bella's Book Club right now? Yeah. Well, we're having a fun month with Bella's Book Club. We just finished up our Halloween discussion of Robin McKinley's Sunshine. Big thank you to everyone who came up to that and to our first discussion this season, Emily of New Moon. Um, We always have so much fun at these. Like you guys are just so clever and you make so much good, like just, you know, memes and commentary and extra, extra like bonus content. So if you aren't following Bella's Book Club, like you're missing out is all I'm going to say. You're missing out. Um, It's fun. Yeah. And this episode goes live on November 6th which means you still have three weeks to read our November book, which is The Tenant of Wildfell Hall by Anne Bronte before our discussion on November 27th. So happy Bronte November. We actually kicked off book club exactly a year ago in November. Oh, with, really? Um, with Jane Eyre. So we're back to having Bronte November. Bronte, Bronte Bimbo Bronte Monday. Bimbo Bronte. <laughs> Most people actually consider Monday. Anne the least bimbo of the Brontes, but you know what? It rhymes. Um, Who cares? But yeah, so we, if you want to follow Bella's book club, you can follow that at Bella's Book Club on Tumblr. We are also Bella's Book Club, all one word, on Goodreads and Storygraph. Um, so yeah, hope to see you there. Hooray! And of course, you can always find us at Three Books One Plot on Instagram, um, Tumblr. You can send us a longer message through our Gmail account, which is again just Three Books One Plot, all spelled out at gmail.com. Um, thanks again to everybody who has followed us on TikTok. Anybody who has sent us any um, Ko-Fi contributions um we really appreciate it we don't again we don't make any money off of this um it's just goes towards cost of keeping this podcast up and running um so we appreciate that and again if you cannot contribute 
via Ko-Fi. You can always do us a little favor by either rating and reviewing the show on the platform you listen to. And on Spotify, you can always click down and contribute in the poll, the question of the week that we have today. Um, or you can always just refer us to a friend. That's the number one way that podcasts spread is by being referred to by a friend. So if you have someone who likes Twilight, someone who's indifferent to Twilight, someone who you just think would enjoy our little silly bits, send them a link and um, we would be eternally grateful for that. Is that no, it? I'm right. six foot four, by the way. Just, just... <laughs> shut, shut up. <laughs> Anyways, well, before we leave, um, us two delicate, delicate ladies and this six foot four king, before yep. we fuck off, um, gee, I need you to give us and the listeners a safety tip this week before we go off into the big, dark, scary forest slash world. Okay, this is a good one. Bella's safety tip of the week is don't be safe because that's what Edward made you promise to do. And fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. That's right. All right, everybody. Fuck that guy. Go do something unsafe today. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Stay in school. (laughs) Bye.